Welcome to Fixie's Playground. I'm your host, Trevor. Uh, today is February 26th, and starting to warm up, folks, just a little bit. Uh, no more snow or ice on the ground. Um, I actually broke a sweat at work today. It was kind of cool, but kind of not, because it was uh, ball swamp weather today and yesterday. So humid, humid, humid. I didn't really like that. Um, in episodes past, I've mentioned how I have two very close friends groups and they tend not to mingle. Um, I've had one from my other friends group, Sean, he's in a previous episode, but tonight I have my buddy here and I'll go ahead and get you to say your name, introduce yourself. Yeah, Chance, Chance Bailey. Um, I'm 33 years old and... I'm pretty much certified geek, so pretty much all things nerd I'm into. We're going to get into some nerd and nerdy <laughs> shit tonight, probably. Um, I've been knowing Chance for over a decade now, for sure. Yeah. I want to say sure. at least a decade. Um, I first met him at Gilbo Condominiums in Lafayette, I believe, mm-hmm. at our buddy, mutual buddy, uh, Hunters and Brennan's, and technically Jake's. Um, the apartment. The apartment. Um, that place has a lot of nostalgia and regret, <laughs> you know, kind of mixed together, <laughs> I guess. I never regretted any of it. <laughs> um, I think back fondly on it, and I wasn't even there for all the crazy stuff. Just, I would just randomly show up, and there was always something happening, at least on the weekends for sure. But even during the weekdays, it's. It was crazy. Um, Hunter and Brandon kind of rented it. Jake is Brandon's brother, for those of you who don't know. And Jake lived in Hunter's closet. 100% house. Um, was it the whole Was the whole time? I think you, it was the whole time, wasn't it? Was, it wasn't even. There was, no, there was a two-bedroom place. Right. And technically, I think Brandon had the master bedroom because he had a bathroom. Yeah. But. No, Matt had it in the beginning. Matt had it in the beginning, right? Yeah, Matt Richard. And, and they then... shared a room with Jake in the closet. Oh, really? Okay. In the very beginning. In the yeah. very beginning. And then Matt moved out. I remember Matt moving out. I remember... Let's see. I first met Matt at Toys in Lafayette. Oh, really? When he played uh, for Tamerlane, I think it yeah. was. And that's when I actually met Amber, before mm-hmm. I ever met you. Yeah. I met her first when she was with Matt at yeah. their apartment. I forget what what I think it was like the the apartments across the street. And um of course Travis Hunter and them what how? <laughs> anyway, the the cat's imposing, but it's fine. Um But I went there with Hunter. I went to toys with Hunter and Brandon and Travis and Jake and Toys, I mentioned this in, I think, one of the most recent podcasts with Ricky. Toys was a venue in Lafayette for bands to play. Um, they had a local DJ radio personality. Which, the, it's not like the music scene in Lafayette was anything huge. There, I mean, so, there's not really much of a music scene in Lafayette. There That's, wasn't. And this was one of the very few locations where yes. local bands could go out. Yes. Um, and a lot of it was more rock or hard rock or uh grunge kind of you know it wasn't i I never really saw a country music singer there or a pop star there this was very much underground um 
you'd pay a cover to get in. I don't think they had any alcohol. It's definitely where all the goth kids went. It's where all the goth kids went. <laughs> um, it was a fun place, though. I, I mean, mm-hmm. some of the music wasn't bad. It's just the, the environment. Like like you said, um, for Lafayette, it was kind of one of the first of its kind. One of the only. I don't think. Well, they they got a few bars that they, they have a few that. bars that, that that let people play now or have like small stages or uh, like even one of the daiquiri places here in Lafayette. Um, people, I know a couple of people that would play over there. They would do uh, covers of like famous, you know, eighty songs, right, or whatever. But Tulsa um, is just different. It's for us, it was a fun place anyway. A cool place to meet people. That's where I first met Matt, though. All right. And we went to his apartment after that and hung out with him, some of his bandmates, and some other random people. I don't, I don't remember because I don't think I ever met them again. And we were drinking all kinds of shit. And they wanted me to fight this guy just for fun, just to box. It wasn't like a fight fight. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, we just want you to box. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to need some more alcohol to do this. And like, yeah, you're going to box by the pool, and whoever loses has to go in the pool. And you know how it gets crazy, like, at that age. And then when you're drunk, like, I guess, yeah, yeah, exactly. everything makes sense, even though it really doesn't make sense. Right. And we ended up not boxing because I think that I was like, whatever, yeah, let's go. And the other guy's like, nah, it's all right, you know. And so I think it kind of calmed down. But um, that's where I first met him. So I'm not surprised he ended up in, in the apartment at Gilbo. You're right. Um, but everyone ended up at the apartment. At Everybody Gilbo. lived there. At some uh, point I think I was the only one who didn't live there. Right. But I'd stay there. Like I'd stay there for you know a couple of days in a row or whatever. Um, but I think by that point, no, I don't think I was with Mary yet. You didn't. You didn't go for Hurricane Gustav, did you? No, no. I was at um, the student apartments with some buddies. Because that was one of the most eventful oh, times. I know. I, I wish I would have went. <sighs> It was something, man. I don't know why. Let's see. The place was a mess all the time. 100%. Uh, I cleaned it one time, actually. Mm. It was like four days cleaning it. Hunter and then went to, to Baton Rouge or something to go stay with, uh, at the time, Brandon's sister's husband, Dallas. Yep. And yep. They, they went over there, and I, like, no one told me, so I just I pulled up the apartment. Because that's just what you did. Like, right. don't even try to call because they don't answer or they're sleeping half the time. So I show up. Nobody's there. Um, I don't even know how I got in. I think I'm mad at where the spare key was or. I'm sure. They that or maybe. Left it I think Don might have. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So I got in. And um, nobody was there. So I called Hunter. Called Hunter. Finally, he answered. Like, where are we? He said, oh, we're staying in Baton Rouge for, for a while. I was like, for how long? How I don't know. You know, typical <laughs> yeah. hunter. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> okay, cool. Y'all, y'all mind if I just chill here, I guess? Because Hunter had uh, Hunter had Oblivion, Elder Scrolls, oh, on, yeah. on his uh, his PlayStation, I think. Yeah, probably. So I'd play that. And, like, I'm the kind of person where I don't, I don't mind a mess. But when it gets to a certain point, like, I get OCD about it. <sighs> extremely. That place could be disgusting. And that place was disgusting. So I was like, you know what? I love these fuckheads, and I'm tired of this pigsty. So I I got to work. I cleaned everything. I, the only thing I didn't do, I didn't do that laundry because one, they didn't have a washer or dryer. So I literally just piled all their clothes in a big mountain in their rooms, like on the floor. <laughs> but I mean, I vacuumed, 
clean their kitchen. I didn't scrub their bathroom because I, I just wasn't going to go there. No. Um, I don't think anybody would want to go there. No. <laughs> and they came back and they loved it. Uh, some of the other times I was working at a buffet-style restaurant in Bill Platt. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the night, they let us take food home because otherwise you have to throw it. Right. So I'd bring like six fucking to-go boxes full of food to them. Oh, yeah. And at the time, what y'all don't know is that, um, I mean, they had, well, they'd spend a little bit of money on alcohol for sure, but they didn't have much money. No. It was ramen noodle and hot dogs. Like, they would literally buy a month's worth of ramen noodles or hot dogs. And then Jake would make some weird ass concoction with those two things. With those two things and seasoning. They had a seasoning rack. <laughs> they did. It was like they had like forty different seasonings in that rack. There was a time where I think it was actually right after Gustav. First of all, for Gustav, I had a pretty okay job. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was so I actually went and stocked up from Sam's Club because I used my dad's card to go mm-hmm. over to Sam's Club, and we stocked up on. Ramen noodles, <laughs> yep. Yep. you know, mm-hmm. and then after that was over, they all went, everybody went to the, um, the not the Cajun Dome, but the uh, Blackman yep. Coliseum, yeah. and they were giving out MREs. Oh, snap. So for a while there, everybody was just eating MREs. Oh God, and they were shitting bricks. <laughs> Those just... things are rough on the stomach after a while, man. <laughs> they can be. <laughs> like, that's a 2,000-calorie meal yeah. on one of them. Like, that's enough for a day at least. Oh, yeah. My Lord. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting time. You know? uh, I mean, they took advantage of what they could, obviously. Um, like I said, I don't regret any of it. No. It, it was a great, great time <laughs> of my life. There was so little responsibility, so little it was, to oh, worry man. about. And I feel bad because, like, Don and DS downstairs were champions. They really were. Um, they were the neighbors downstairs, like, directly below this apartment. And they and, shared uh, their Wi-Fi. And they shared, yeah, yeah, they shared their Wi-Fi. Uh, at the time, DS was in high school. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, him and his dad oh, just... You should probably mention the reason we called him DS. Oh, because, okay, so DS is actually named Hunter. And right. then... I mean, I'm, I'm, we're, we're still friends with him. I'm good friends with him. And uh, our other, like, one of my best friends is Hunter Pommier. He's yeah. Hunter. So, so, but keep in mind, his real name is Donald. His Donald real name is Donald. But we didn't call him Donald Stevenson. No, no. We call him HDS because it was, well, his middle, name, his middle name's Hunter, though, right? It's yeah. Donald Hunter Stevenson. Right. And but that's not why he was DS. No, it he was, was Hunter downstairs. Yes, he was Hunter downstairs. That's exactly why. And <laughs> I still call him HDS to this day. Today, yeah, absolutely. Like, I'll never call him day, anything else. I call him HDS every time I talk to him. And, I mean, he's just used to it with me, I guess, yeah. by now. But him and his dad were, were awesome. Uh, his dad, Don, was he was an old Army Ranger, wasn't he? He was definitely ex-military. He was ex-military. He, was he had, like, three Purple Hearts from getting shot. Work, work DOTD, yep. and I mean, look. Hell of a guy. They, he, he's an awesome guy. Absolutely. HDS is an awesome guy. But, like, the amount of noise coming from the upstairs apartment, like, if it was anyone else, the cops probably would have been called way more than they ever did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I say that because there were a few instances where I believe the cops were called, but not because of noise. It was, I think it was, like, parking lot related. But with people that were in and out of the apartments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, because there's no parking passes. 
Nobody had. No, there was no parking passes, and sometimes people just didn't get along. Yeah. Um. They had couples come over. They had random people. They had people getting it on the balcony under a blanket. Um. They <laughs> I were, didn't know about that. You didn't know about that. No. I knew about that. I, no. I, I, I don't know if I was there for that, but they told me about it. I was like, really? Why? And they're like, Yep, yep. Went out to the balcony, closed the doors. Just went after pop, it. Popped the blanket on top. Just went after it. Golly. And I'm like, man. I mean, I remember being young and, like, you have to kind of worry about that because you can't bring them home. I mean, well, I I mean, my mom was cool, but <laughs> I'm saying most of the time, you know, um, I guess that was an issue. And they were 18, but I don't know. I honestly don't know. I know Jeezy wasn't 18, but she wasn't doing that. It was yeah. other random people that I, I didn't really know. Right. People ran it out of there. People were like, there. yeah. It was it was basically like a college party, pretty much like. But like a nerd party. A nerd party. <laughs> they played. I mean, there was a lot of D and D. There was. There so was a lot D&D. of risk. So. Uh, they had that poker table. Like they found a random poker table. I don't know if it was on the side of the road. Like Most it was. Likely. It was beat up. But uh, Most of what they had came. That was in the middle of their fucked up living room. Uh, couches. See, there was a lot of D&D, obviously. That was, well, so Gustav was three days of D&D. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. While they yeah. cleaned up the streets and everything, we just sat around playing yeah, D&D. Yeah, sat day. around playing. Yeah. And then there was you. So, it, when we first met, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, the thing that, the, the funny thing about Chance and I were, is... <laughs> Um, I'm a rather large guy, and, and Chance is a rather average guy. Yeah, I'm um, almost the definition of average. Per, pretty much low. medium height, medium build. Yeah. Um, you know, if you were a rogue, you would be able to sneak throughout crowds very easily. Yeah. So, and I'm just big as fuck, six five, three hundred something pounds. Large. Even people. even back then, I was just like two two eighty and some shit. I don't know. And uh, but. We both kind of had the same facial hair, and when we first met, we had the same shoes and the same shirt. Really? We did. And, and and what you need to understand is when things like that happen in that apartment, right? It's it's like people just took a, a trip on acid. Like, oh yeah. It like blowing their minds, laughing. You're not right. going to stop hearing about it all night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just constant jokes. Like they thought, like they kept calling us brothers. Yeah. You know. Just random shit like that. I just remember they were like, oh, yeah, Trevor's coming over. Trevor's coming over. Trevor's coming over. And they kept on talking about it like it was this uh, really big deal. And I was like, okay, I don't I don't really know who this guy you is. You had no but, idea. Yeah. Um, they, were, they were like, he's going to crack your back. I'm like, okay, what? I, I can do that, I guess. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, as soon as he gets here, he's going to crack your back. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I cracked Brandon's back a lot. But sure that. enough, as soon as you walked in and after we got over the yeah. shirt thing and, you know, the dress thing, they were like, hey, Trevor, go tr- go crack his back. And, and and wow, I'd never had my back cracked. <laughs> did I do the standing one or did I have you lay down? I was laying down. Okay, so I did and the laying you, down. And you came yeah. all the yeah, way from the bottom to the top. It's not hard. Like, I, it's all about applied pressure, I guess. Like, yeah. you don't want to kill someone, but um, right. it's really hard to do anyway. Um, 
but like Brandon had issues and Brandon a bigger fellow, so um he'd have back issues, so he would have me crack his back hole on. Um and they were always enthralled by that for whatever reason. I something I've been doing since I was like you know, my dad had back problems, so he would have me crack his back when I was younger. Right. So to me it was normal. But for them it was It was definitely a big it was deal. magic. Definitely a big deal. Yes. Yes. And then they were obviously in a band and right. so there was drums in the apartment and they would play music every once in a while. Which most of the time I well, think they did that during the day. They they ended up getting a uh, a storage unit. I remember that. And they would just oh, go yeah. jam in a storage unit. Yeah, but didn't somebody stay in the storage like didn't Matt stay in a storage unit for a little while? I don't know. I think he did. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. Because that might have been where they got the idea. I don't know. Oh, oh probably. I mean, anything's yeah. possible, right? You are... Anything is possible with that place. It was like, just a bunch of kids, and, you know, nobody really had a whole lot of money. But, I mean, who has a whole lot of money? When yeah. We, there's a lot early... of, like, pooled resources as far as having fun was concerned. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not saying that people weren't doing drugs, but for the most part, it was alcohol. Yeah, and there wasn't even... I never even saw drug use. I assumed it happened, but whoever was doing it wasn't like handing it out or none anything. of the core group. Was doing that's what I was. Well, for none, sure, for yeah, sure. None of the core group. And that's why it was always interesting. Like we could have a good time just with alcohol. Yeah. And fuck, shit, we could do it stone cold sober. To be honest, for sure. Uh, we yeah. we definitely did it stone cold sober plenty of times. Oh yeah. Um, but it was you. Why did you? Because you stayed there for a little while, didn't you? I did. Or kind of crashed on the couch because so, you were staying with Garrett. Was it Gary or Nick? Um. All right. So the, the, all in all. When the tree, when the tree, right? The tree fell. Tree hit. So let's, Gustav let's, was let's a big go deal. ahead and go through that. Yeah. Gustav was a big deal because yes. not only did I say, uh, I'm living in a rent trailer. Maybe this isn't where I want to be for a, a hurricane that's going to hit Lafayette directly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I'm going to go stay with Hunter now, which was the plan. for the course, well, yeah. because at the end of the day, I stayed there all the time. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where I like to spend all my time. Yep. Um. So I said, let me go to the apartment. It's on the second story. It's on a hospital grid. That yeah. might be the best place for me to go. And sure enough, we never lost power. Yeah. One of the worst hurricanes from Lafayette to see. Oh, oh definitely. Never lost yeah. power. But sure enough, got a phone call from the landlord for the trailer. Said, hey, that trailer's trashed. There's a tree in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, Gary was staying with me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. It actually turned out he came and stayed at the apartment with us too. Yeah, because I remember him being there for a while. And he he was with Christina at the time. Yeah. Okay. Well, whenever him and Christina got together, they ended up living over there. Yeah. Um, but that was after the trailer. Yeah. Okay. So I was living there too. Yeah. So yeah. I I, well, I remember you living there for sure. Whenever we ended up going to the trailer, man, that tree, one of the biggest branches on it, actually crashed directly into Gary's bed, mm-hmm. which. Why would he be anywhere but the bed? Maybe he'd have been in the living room. The living room was trash, too. I cannot think of, like, how devastating it would have been to be in that trailer for that hurricane. It would have been rough. Man. Oh, man. Yeah. The whole roof and the well, living I mean, room someone could have died. Yeah. I mean. If he'd have been in his bed, he'd have died. Yeah. 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 There's died. no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Um, fortunately, we weren't. And, and, yeah, after that, I was out of a house. But. Luckily, you didn't own that house. So, right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I know you got some shit got fucked up. But. So, and, and actually, you know, where I worked, they, they had a catastrophic relief fund and they gave me um, 
I think four thousand dollars. Wow, that's awesome. FEMA gave me two and a half. Yeah. You know, two point five k. Yeah, that kind of helped you get get started on another place for sure. <laughs> Man, no, I went and lived with them. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I'm getting y'all some hot readies tonight, son. We gonna party. <laughs> yeah. So I went and lived with them in the apartment because at the end, I, I mean, I didn't. I, I all I needed was a bed. I just needed somewhere to sleep. Yeah, I worked much. so much that all mm-hmm. I needed was somewhere to sleep. And you were you were working at your current place back then at that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Your dad's the one that got you on over there. Was it? Yeah, your dad? pretty okay. much. That's what I remembered. I was just double checking. Um. So you know, typical oil field. I was just yeah. working my ass off. Oh yeah, and, especially uh, with that job. Uh. And so I made. A, I had all that money, but I went and moved in with them, and I, I was like, look. I will pay half the rent Damn. to go live in the master bedroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's the way to do it. Because I guess I was already like halfway bougie back yeah. then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Chance, want... Chance likes to find her things, yeah. which, is, which is fine. There's it's, nothing wrong with it. It is. What but it is. I just want y'all to understand that like when he says bougie, he's, he's not lying. Like yeah. he likes the upper ended things and, and that's fine. For sure. Uh, <laughs> so so I went ahead and I was like, yeah, I will pay half the rent over here. Not just mm-hmm. a third. I will pay for that room. Yeah. And, and I thought that was a pretty fair deal, and they did too, of course. Um, that was, and, yeah, that was definitely fair. And I didn't care who else lived there. I didn't care who else was no, there. No, you just wanted your room. I had, you had your room. bathroom. That's all and, I need. And you had your space. Yeah. Yeah. That closet in there, I had stuff in there for like a year. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I did. I did because I moved to... See, I turned 18, and I stayed in my mood till I was 19. Um, one is because I, I was going to school at LSUE at the time, um, and then, I don't know, I, I didn't have an issue with leaving. I had anxiety with leaving my mom alone for a little while because she was by herself, and I didn't really want her to be by herself, so mm-hmm. I kind of took that upon myself to just stay for a little while. It was, don't get me wrong, it was helping me out, too. I didn't have to pay rent. Yeah. I give her money to help her with bills regardless, but right. it's not the same, you know? Right. Um, but her and I, we just kind of butted heads. I mean, I was a 19-year-old, and in all respect, it's her house and her rules, and I didn't jive with them. You know, it wasn't unfair stuff. It was like, look, I want you home by a certain time. Yeah, but, was like 11, but I'm 19. Like, I'm staying out till 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't make sense. So, you know, we parted ways or whatever, so... I moved to an apartment down West Congress in Lafayette with four other guys. Travis O'Connor, you know him. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ, you know him. We played D&D with him. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. So it was with him and CJ and, like, three other guys. And <laughs> this isn't, like, a two-bedroom. So, so tra- pretty much, pretty much kind of the same. <laughs> not, not nearly as crazy. Right. Uh, but by that point, I was dating with Mary. And I was at her place like ninety percent right. of the time. So it's like I would use I had a I had an air mattress at the at like my apartment, and I'd use it every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Like it got to a point where like it would deflate. I'd have to like reinflate it when I go stay. You know, right? I would literally buy like some hot dogs to eat for the week, and then stay at her house, and then come back, and like my hot dogs are gone. I'm like, you fucking bastards! Like <laughs> these are for me. Or I'd show it costs up three dollars. Go get yeah, them. Yeah. Or I'd show <laughs> up and like I'd wash all the dishes. That were just like left in the sink oh, and man. clean stuff, and then I just leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I mean I dirtied a couple, but you yeah. know it was, they weren't nearly as bad as like Hunter's apartment. Don't get me wrong. Um, 
but I would just do all that stuff. And I wasn't on the lease there because I told him, I was like, look, with my money situation, I don't, I can't guarantee anything. Right. So they're like, well, look, just come, you know, pay, pay your fit. Cause it was cheap. It was cheap, cheap with five I mean, people. With five I mean, people, it's going to be cheap. Every, every bill is cheap, you know? Yeah. So when I left, it wasn't really a big deal. They could handle, it wasn't a big burden. And then I think they ended up getting someone else anyway. And I just stayed with Mary after that. Yeah. Um, so, but I like, before I moved to Lafayette, um, they they had the apartment in Lafayette because him, Brandon, and Travis and Jake all moved out there first. Mm-hmm. And then I was dating. Uh, I had dated Angel at the time, and then we broke oh, up. Oh yeah, and that was a bad breakup. And seems like a lot of those were. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> Let's go, not dredge all that. I don't want to go all that. You know, no. she's she's a cool person. I don't have an issue with her. Her and I didn't jive. It's, right. it's basically at the end of it all, we just didn't jive, and that's fine. And but at the time, I was angry about it, and uh, she started hanging out with Hunter and them a lot. <laughs> and I was like, "What the fuck?" And then, I don't. I don't know if you ever met Shiz. I don't think you met Shiz. Did I you think I met him? You might have met him at the apartment because he went there at least one time. He no, came down. No, I never met him. I oh, just, you just I heard, heard a lot him. about him, saw okay. pictures and everything, but so I like, never actually met him. What was it? It was like around New Year's Eve or whatever, and Angel threw a, a New Year's Eve party at her house, and of course I'm not invited. But Hunter goes, Brendan goes, like all my friends go, and I'm like, this mm-hmm. is fucked up. Like we just broke up, like. It wasn't even amicable at the time. And I was like, and all my friends are going to hang out with my ex-girlfriend. Jake and Shiz came with me to another friend's, like, New Year's Eve party. Yeah. Jake's um, always been a very uh, empathetic person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. best way I could say Yeah, it. I got really drunk that night. Oh, man. And I hit on, <laughs> like, a ring of girls. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> uh, but... So, like, eventually I ended up moving to Lafayette. So I started hanging out with them more. Because when I was living in my move, my vehicle broke down. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a ride. So, like, I couldn't even go meet him if I wanted to. And then I was angry. So I was like, fuck it. I didn't talk to him for, like, three months, which is forever. Yeah. And then finally, like, I just popped up one day, you know, and it was nothing. And everybody just moved on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then Hunter has his patented story where, like, I quit my job just to go hang out with him. <laughs> Which was like part partly true. Oh, I think I was working at Party City, and I got like an argument with my boss over like. So I worked. I worked everywhere. Uh, they called me a front end supervisor. I worked receiving in the back. Mm-hmm. I like I had a, a forty hour week, which is something for a retail job, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they really liked me, but when I worked at cashier, I was not good at getting people's emails from them. Okay. <laughs> but it was company policy to try. Right. So I get it. So like my boss chews my ass out because I have the least amount of emails for our company. And I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not good at this. Like, I'm sorry. I asked them and they don't give it to me. What do you want me to do? Right. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And like he pissed me off and I was like, all right, cool. Bye. <laughs> I'm gone. Fuck this. I was ready to kick his ass is what it was. So I right. just left. Right. That was the right thing to do. Rolled, yeah, so I just rolled rolled on to Hunter's house. Yeah. Kind of pissed off, and he was like, what the fuck? And then it went from there. Uh, of course. And became a story of legends. Yeah. Which is what happens with, like, 90% of what we do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Everything can get uh Yeah. Blown, oh, it can, get, it can get insane.
Fun times. Hell yeah, man. I mean, I, uh, like, I, I will always remember those times fondly. I mean, I'm glad to have grown up now, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, most of us are all tight knit family, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, mean, like, all of you guys I, I haven't away, seen, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I haven't seen Gary in forever. Nick's in Florida, but I mean, he's still part of the group. Uh, but that was after I had already moved into my own apartment and everything. Joe kind of came in around that time, but it was mm-hmm. after, I think. Yeah, it was after I had my own apartment. And um, I don't mean, he fell right in for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I guess I brought Nick in and that was cool. I mean, what's. Yeah. Well, he stayed. He stayed at the apartment for a while, too. Yeah. Well, he so, was ex-military, and yeah. you know, he just needed a place to kind of lay down and mm-hmm. get his shit together oh, yeah, as well, because yeah, yeah. he was just new to... I have no idea why he came to Louisiana, actually, in the first place, but... Um, yeah, I, he wanted to come to the wedding. I don't know what happened. He, I, he made it a point to make sure he got a wedding invitation, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, he couldn't make it, which oh, was okay. He, I mean, he has... Uh... He has a baby. <laughs> a kid, he has a baby. Kid, not really a baby and anymore. And he's going but... to school. Yeah. Um, I think he's still planning on moving back once he finishes school, which is going to be great. It'd be cool to have him back. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely would enjoy seeing him back in this area again, but he needs to pursue his career, you know, oh, yeah. and make sure he gets that done first. So, I mean, it's understandable, obviously. Yeah. Um. So he's still in it. It's you, me, Hunter, Brandon, Jake, and Joe. For the most part, I'm not leaving anybody out. I don't think I'm leaving anybody out. And their wives. I mean, we can just wives and kids. Uh, I mean, we all consider ourselves each other family, really. You know, 100 percent family. Yeah, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I mean, you know, not to get all touchy feely, but. I mean, y'all are family. Absolutely. I trust I trust y'all with everything. Yeah. My life, my wife, my kids, everything, money, like, and that's how we all are. I Absolutely. mean, I think Brandon and I were having a conversation. He's like, it's so crazy, like, just how close and how well our friends group works together. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we go on, you know, co-vacations vacations, together. vacations, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're all in your wedding, obviously, as your mm-hmm. groomsmen. Um We've been in each other's weddings for the most part. I mean, you didn't make mine, but no, but I was there in spirit. You were okay, so you were <laughs> you were the only non-groom to ride in the limo. Yep, be in the back with us, and I wore a tuxedo, and you wore a nice tuxedo. Well, it was a suit, but it was it my does, suit. It, does, it way. doesn't matter. It looks it looked, it looked fancy. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of bougie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I forgot uh, why I even bought those, but I don't know. Matter. I don't know. I just it, had it, them. it doesn't matter. You, every every person should have at least one good suit. Yeah, I think. Um, that I think I just didn't have enough room. Like I, I managed to get yeah. Joe. I think it was Joe and Jake as like ushers. Mm-hmm. No, no, Joe and Scott, and then I left Jake out. Um, eggs. I don't think he could afford the tux at the time, probably. Yeah, and that's the thing. And uh, I told him I was like, look, if you want to be like, if if you want, like, I'll I can get you in. But I was like, I didn't think you'd want to. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, that's fine. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah. We started a blast, though. Wow, that was a great time. Oh, yeah. Uh, open bars are dangerous. Oh, man. I uh, That open bar was specifically because of me. 
Yeah. Well, the hard alcohol. Anyway. Right. Uh, I tell the story all the time, but so, um, I mean, my wife's one of two daughters for her mom and dad, and the other daughter's probably not gonna get married. So I don't know if they just intended to pay for everything for our wedding. Mm-hmm. If you know, because traditionally it's usually the bride's family that pays for yes. it. I think at least down here in the south. I mean, I, um, yeah, I think it's pretty traditional. Otherwise, I probably would have worked a, a lot more, like, pipeline to pay for our wedding if I had to. I mean, I would have made it work one way or another, or we would have got eloped or had a smaller wedding. I, I don't know. But right. We talked about getting eloped at first. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody talks about it. Everyone does. And I, honestly, I want to have minded it. But the, memory, the memories that my wedding gave us, like, I'll always cherish those. It was yeah. worth, even if I would have had to pay for everything, it was worth it. So we lucked out there though. Her, her dad paid for everything. But when it came to the wedding, they were just going to have wine and beer. Right. And it was just going to be like three different beers and a red wine and a white wine or whatever. And right. that would have been it. And I was like, And then you have to pay off all your liquor. You would have to pay for your liquor. Yeah. Drinks you'd have to you pay want. for your liquor drinks. And I was like, Oh, no, 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 no. I was like, First off, like, I only drink hard alcohol. <laughs> um, well, I drink reds now, but at the time, reds didn't exist. Um, <laughs> So I told him, but I was working at ILM doing fucking paint cleaning yeah. of all things. The worst fucking. That is the worst job. The worst job ever. I work 12 days. It was 12 days on. You had two days off. And during those 12 days, you were 24 hour call. Mm-hmm. And if got you got that through Kool-Aid, huh? Did you work through? Did you get that job through Kool-Aid? Mm-mm. I got that through. did that for a while. Too. Oh, really? I got that through my, one of my dad's uh, mechanic buddies worked mm-hmm. for him. And he got me on. And I uh, did that for like six months. And so the way that would work was is we had what we would call frack tanks and gas busters. Mm-hmm. And um, my job was to go inside of those things in a Tyvek suit, which is a, like a large plastic suit that's hot as balls. It's like putting yourself in a Ziploc bag. Yeah, yeah it's like putting yourself <laughs> in a Ziploc bag. And you're going into... Quite literally, a metal trailer that's like 40 foot by 8 foot tall or 10 foot tall or whatever. And it's been baking in the sun. In Louisiana. In the Louisiana sun in 100 degrees. So it's like 130 in there. And then you're pressure washing. And you just do that. We would do that all day for like 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. We'd work like 6 to 6 or 6 to 5. Maybe it was 11 hours. But we would do that. And then you might be in the middle of the day. You might just be about to leave the yard to go home. And they call you out on a, a rig job. And we did mostly land rigs. I did two, two, like, offshore rigs. The entire time, the six months I worked there, I did two offshore rigs. Everything else was land rigs. Yeah. So we go out to the rigs. Well, the rigs have basically storage tanks for their, their liquid mud. Uh, there's water-based mud. Oh, there's all-based mud. mud. Just they terrible. have uh, something called Black Magic. Which is like a tar, and uh, my job was to put on the suit, run. We would run the lines, um, and we had what we call max back trucks, which had like eight at eight inch hose attached to it that would stretch like two hundred foot to mm-hmm. of like a five hundred horse engine that would suck that shit up. Like if you put your boot in it, it would suck the boot off your fucking. Shit. Oh yeah. Oh, high power. But you're shoveling all the shit into there, and then you're pressure washing all the shit into there. Yeah. And that job could last 12 hours or my worst job while I worked for them, I worked, I was on job location 
which isn't a lot considering what y'all do, but for what I was doing, I was on job location for 56 hours. If you're on a land rig, yeah. 56 hours, it's yeah. not like they're giving you room and board. No, 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 there's no room and board. Like, you're lucky if they have, like, a decent bathroom. Yeah, and, um, and then if you do need to sleep, you're going... I slept in a truck. Right. But here's the thing. I was on location for 56 hours. I had four hours of sleep in that time period. Oh, yeah. Three in the truck, one, quite literally on one of the wooden mats because they they had to they had to load out pipe and so that gave us like an hour of downtime and they're like y'all just wait around i literally put my hard hat down put my head i rested my head on my hard hat which is not comfortable at all upside down right you flipped it upside down no 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 it was because it wouldn't stay the other way yeah i slept on the ball that motherfucker for an hour oh i woke up and i was i was stiff like Bad stiff. And you were already sore. And I was already sore. And, and the thing was, is I stayed up for 38 hours straight doing high-intensity physical pressure washing and lifting. Yeah. 38 hours. And then I finally, we had, like, one of our big bosses that would run the cleaning department of our company came. And I, I straight up told him, I was like, look, either I'm going to take a nap or I'm going to take my bag. I'm going to walk to the road and I'm going to sleep there. I don't give a fuck. Right. He's like, oh, no, no, go, go. Because the thing was, is we were supervisors of crews. So we we would hire out third-party hands, oh, and it was okay. our jobs to run them. But since I was one of the newer supervisors, train, oh, what? technically I was a trainee, but they had already sent me on jobs by myself. So right. like, I was still good enough. I know how that works. But for the most part, look, if shit needed to get done, I got it done. And I mean, yeah. I've always been that way, but in this instance – we had two supervisors on a job, and the other supervisor was like a 65-year-old man, and he wasn't going down into the tank. So right. it was me going down into the tank. Well, supposedly, like, he'd go get four hours of sleep, and I could go get four hours. But what happened was is they spread out. We only had eight supervisors, and they spread them out too thin, and they had other jobs. So I had no relief. So they took him, sent him home, let him get some sleep, and then sent him on another job. Yeah. I'm by myself as a supervisor, mm-hmm. and then they send my big boss. I'm like, I'm going to fucking bed. But at that point, I'm a zombie. Okay, like, I'm literally the walking dead. Like, mm-hmm. I would work, but it was so slow, like, why would you even, like, if I saw someone working as slow as I was working, like, I'd fire their ass, you know? Yeah. But it was just pure exhaustion. No, so I've definitely been there. I told him I was like, going. So, sure enough, I went to the truck, and with these jobs, I mean, you bring you a to-go bag with changes of clothes and everything. Mm-hmm. Fucking change mm-hmm. it to... Uh, they would bring us sandwich meats. I oh. fucking hated them. They bring bread and sandwich meat, bro. Like no hot meals, just straight. Oh, it's so aggravating. Um, put on some clean clothes, lay down, kick back. Three hours later, they tap it on my fucking window, waking me up. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, we need you. Get out. Put my boots on. Put another Tyvek suit on. Oh no. Fucking, and that was a clean for release rig. So like everything had to be spotless. To, yep. to transport. <sighs> hit, hit about a 56-hour mark. Finally, they let us go. I didn't have to drive. Like, they sent another supervisor. Finally. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that, but that guy was there for, like, maybe 12 hours. Right. And uh, I was like, yeah, you're fucking driving. And um, the way they would do it was, is if we're on the road and we had a couple hands with us, they would let us get, like, a hot meal. Just don't be too expensive with it, you know, because we have to keep the receipt handed back and they reimburse us. Yeah, don't go over. So we stopped at some truck. Yeah, we stopped at like a a, a truck stop restaurant or whatever. And I was like, we're we're going to sit and get hot food. Yeah. I've been eating cold sandwiches for three days. Fuck this shit. So we went, 
And like just the burgers were like fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> it was a surprise. Expensive as fuck. But I was like I mean, sure, but I, like, I know, I know. But well at the time, like they wanted us to go to McDonald's and order like a five dollar burger and I was like, fuck this. We're sitting down. Oh, totally reasonable, oh, yeah. man. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, but to them, no. So I was like a seventy dollar check because there's four of us. I said, give me that, give me that receipt. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Put it in my wallet because we keep all our receipts. Went home, and what happened was is I lived in Lafayette. The yard that we would run work out of was an in intercoastal. You know where intercoastal is at? Mm-hmm. Okay. It was in Intercoast. That's like about a 45-minute drive from where I work. Yeah. But where we were coming from, we literally would pass, like, close to my house, like Fieldspan or whatever, which was kind of, like, behind Congress, more towards the Scott area. Yeah. And I called yeah, my wife, Mary. I said, I don't know. We weren't married at the time we were dating. I was like, hey, baby, you want to come pick me up? And we'll, we'll just get my car tomorrow. Yeah. So, sure enough. Uh, you just, like, pull over, right? <laughs> yeah. I was like, gas station. Yeah. And met up with her. I was like... I'm, I'm, I'm going home, went home, and like, when I tell you that job would exhaust me, so basically, we'd work 12 days, you know, on call, so I'd break it up seven days, because you get paid every seven days, that was like one of the few good things, every Thursday, your check yeah. was coming in, right, and which, the kind of work we were doing, you needed to see that check, <laughs> you needed that encouragement, by that Thursday, like, you were ready, you know, so, yeah, we basically say, okay, you seven-day week, and then you had a five-day week, and then you had your weekend off. So, in a seven-day period, I was pulling, like, 140 hours. Jeez. Yeah. Which... And that's, like, work hours, too. That's not, no, like... That's 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 not, like... hours. Like, maybe, maybe we would show up to a rig, and we'd have to wait an hour. Maybe. But besides for that, 140 hours. And not, oh... We're going to start at 8 o'clock in the morning and work till midnight. It was like, oh, I got a call at 1 a.m. in the morning. I have to get dressed and drive to go pick up a company truck, pick up all the, the shit we need because we have, like, gooseneck trailers with the pressure washers, and then drive an hour, two hours, three hours, whatever, to whatever location and bump up nowhere. Yeah. They would print us out, like, Google Maps on pieces of paper. And, uh, like, I used to figure it out, bro. I used to yeah, have the Google yeah, Maps, yeah. too. Well, this was back before, like, Every it was had a way more sophisticated yeah. yeah yeah so like they would write down directions yeah and like you're literally in the in bumfuck nowhere you yeah. if you want a land rig yo it's google out, maps doesn't it's even know out where in the boonies bro it's in the middle of like a pine forest yeah in nowhere like they they had to create a road to get to it, you okay. know that kind of shit um what would the worst and like 1 a.m you think 1 a.m would be bad the worst is i would get home i'd take a shower i go put it you know how i love my pizza They'll put me a pizza in the oven, and they call me right when I'm putting my pizza in the oven. Dunn took it out the plastic, out the box. It's been in there for like two minutes. Wife's not home. Can't eat it. Just turn it off the oven and walk away. Put the pizza in the fridge. Turn the oven on. Put my work clothes back on. Wear a fresh pair of work clothes on. Oh, man. Pack my bag, make sure everything was good. Roll the fuck out. And that's after working a 12-hour 12, like day at the yard. Yeah. You know, those were the worst days. Right. And then going to a job and you don't know how long it's going to be. Because you really don't know until you get in the tank. Because these storage tanks, I mean, there's there might be four of them. There might be eight of them. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it's just the tanks. Sometimes it's the tanks and the rig. Like I said, if you're doing, you know, clean for release, you got to clean 
everything. All the pits. Every everything. single part of that motherfucker has to be washed. Yep. To transport. All the pipeline, everything. 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 Oh, I've been all over it, bro. I did it. I did it several times. No, thank so, you. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So the final... I used to say that um, of all the things in the... In the oil field, I said, people would say, man, you've got the worst job in the oil field. How do you do it? I said, I don't have the worst job in the oil field. I said, my job might be close, but yeah. the worst job in the oil field is tank cleaning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By <laughs> far. By far. I would tell people the worst job. job. I was like, everyone, I won't do that. Everyone I ever talked to, they're like, yeah, tank cleaning is the worst. And I'm like, I, I know. I did it. I did it for six months. Yeah. And the final straw on the camel's back was... So, um, they had several locations. Well, one was in Berwick. You know where Berwick is? Mm-hmm. It's like right before the Morgan City Bridge off, off of 49. I mean, I grew up in Sherrington. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Um, I, you know where yeah. Berwick is. So, they have a location there. So, they got a bid on a job to clean two closed top barge barges. Okay. And they were four, four compartment barges. Ooh. And it was two of them in a closed top. So, mm. and this is middle of the summer. I mm. mean, the dead of August, hundred something degrees. And then inside there, it's okay. literally an oven. And what you need to understand is, is my company knew it was bad because as much as they were pinch pennies, they bought canopies. Like, you know, the, the ones you buy at, at, you know, where you can just put it up just to put it over the tank. So you had somewhere to sit in the shade because otherwise there's nothing. Right. Because you're right off the water. Oh, yeah. It's a dock. There's no trees. There's no, trees there's no shade. There's right. nothing. So they're like, here's something for shade. So the reason it was an issue was, okay, so we worked at 12 and 2. Well, if you wanted, you could work your weekend off. Mm-hmm. But they never make you. Like, if you wanted it off, you have to. Okay, well, I had some plans with my family or something. I spent money on food and, and all kinds of stuff. Spent like a couple hundred bucks. And I told him, I told him like that Tuesday and Wednesday, look, I ain't working. This is my weekend off. I ain't working. Like I got plans. But don't you know, Friday afternoon, they strand me in Berwick at the Berwick location. Mm. No company truck, nothing. Gotcha. Said, well, we got this barge job come up. We need you. And I was like, it's my fucking weekend off. I told y'all I needed it off. And they're like, well, you don't like it. Quit. I was, All right. I was fucking mad. <laughs> so mad. My wife was mad, but I was mad. I said, all right. And the problem with that job is, is you work so much, you don't have an opportunity to look for other jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess is the best way to put it. Like, you don't have the time. Whenever you're home, you're sleeping, you know, pretty much. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's simple. If you work 19 hours out the day, it leaves you five hours. Yep. You what sleep. does that do? You sleep, you eat, you sleep, whatever. Like, there were nights where I would literally... Like, go to Kiss Mary goodnight and pass out on top of her. Like, not even meaning to. It was just the act of me laying straight. I would pass out. Yeah. And she would, like, elbow me off of her. You know? It was rough, bro. It was rough. Um, So, we had this barge job. All right, motherfuckers. All right, I'm pissed. <laughs> so, the bid. the bid, the worst job in the world. Oh, top of yeah. So, the bid to get this job done. They bid 16 days. To get these two barges done. Huh. They said, we can get it done in 16 days. All right. So we start. They have two crews alternating. Of It's like two crews of seven. There's two supervisors and five third-party hands. 
each crew. Each crew would work 16 hours straight. Mm-hmm. You work 16 hours straight. And this was more towards Homa. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was some kind of plant in Homa. So, but where it was, it was about an hour and a half drive from Berwick, from the bunkhouse that we were, because we'd sleep in Berwick and then drive yeah. back and forth. Okay, it's pretty deep past Homa. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty deep past Homa. I just remember yeah. passing up Homa, but it's in that area. It's right, basically, right, Because right. I can't remember the name of the, of the, the little, like, podunk town that it, it was near. Um, so, all right, we do that shit. And the thing about working 16 hours is you're going to see the sunrise and you're going to see the sunfall mm-hmm. pretty much every shift. Yep. And then it's an hour and a half there and an hour and a half back. So that's three hours. Okay. Nobody stopped to do the math, right? No, no. I, oh, I did the math, but I was pissed off. So you work 16 hours, hour and a half back. So technically you would think, oh, well, I okay. have 16 hours. 16 and then three. Okay, but you're taking three off the top, so that's 13. Well, I still got to take a shower and eat. That's minus an hour. I'm fucking exhausted. I need to sleep. Oh, but I got to go to the store and get food and essentials and all this other shit. And now yeah. I need to talk to my wife. So... Okay, so I'll get get some sleep, wake up. Oh well, fuck. Okay. Yeah, you've got again, three you know, hours to sleep. Pretty much. Well, not not. No, you got more than that. You got like eight hours to sleep. Well, you, if you're working sixteen, you're traveling for three. Yeah. Now you're at nineteen. You got an hour of just amenities. You know. Well, so you're at twenty. You're at twenty, but what you gotta understand is you're you're still covering the other crew's sixteen hours. So you're subtracting the three hours of travel from those sixteen. So that's thirteen. Then another hour for amenities. That's twelve. But then you got to call and, and get your business done. So you still have eight hours of sleep, but you were just tired. But you didn't have no, there's nothing else you did. Like you would right. literally sleep, wake up, eat breakfast, leave. Yeah. The only other thing was like maybe we'd restock our, our trailer or whatever because we had our, you know, the pressure washer or whatever. Um, so we go out there and, okay. And I think, I think my, my crew was the first one on tower. Mm-hmm. So we're the ones that got to crack them open. And mm-hmm. run run the truck lines and everything else, set up the canopy. So naturally, I'm I'm with old boys supervisor, so he don't he don't get down into the tank. I get down in the tank. Right. Hot as fuck, like you said. It's an oven. It's, it's an oven. It's 130 degrees in there, probably. At maybe least. more. Now here's the thing: we couldn't pressure wash it because it was full of sediment. Now these closed out barges were probably eight foot tall, or I guess you could say eight foot deep. <laughs> however yeah. you want to say so eight deep. foot by oh what 14 feet maybe but there was four four that's one compartment right there's four compartments two two by two so oh, yeah. there's two and a half to three foot of sediment in these in these barges oh my gosh okay of oil-based sediment okay solids 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 like, there was a little bit all on top, but it was solid. Like, digging through clay. Pretty much. Oily, fucked yeah. up clay. So, we, we look inside. I'm like, all right, can't pressure wash. Need shovels. All right. <sighs> so, and we carry, we, we'd always bring shovels with us. So, we get the back, the, the back truck set up. We put the hose in there. We tie a rope to it. So, you start the hose in the corner next to the ladder, you know, the manhole to get down in. Suck all that out to where you can kind of walk around and not get stuck, and then you shove them. Like there's, you know, uh, it was a seven man crew. So what we would do was is we had two supervisors, five third party hands, 
and we would rotate our guys every 45 minutes. So you go down in the hole, you shovel for 45 minutes, you come out, take a break, get water, piss, smoke, the other crew's down there while you're there. That way, nonstop work, 24, you know, 16 right. hours while you're there. Well, me, I'm the supervisor, and so I'm I'm taking like maybe 20 to 30 minute breaks. Right. Because I gotta I gotta transition each crew, you know, each. Yeah, you're you're playing between. Yes, crews. I'm playing in between. I'm making sure they have what they need. I'm making sure they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So that was shoveling is not hard. Like it's not rocket science, but you gotta be there. You know, it's my job. So we're shoveling and it's slow as fuck. Mm-hmm. Cause it's heavy. I mean, you take the blade of a, of a of a shovel and you fill that up with, let's say, a foot of that sediment. Mm-hmm. It's probably forty pounds. So if if we're talking about oil based mud, if we're talking about yeah. any kind of fluids, right? Any fluids that we use in the oil field, mm-hmm. it is specifically designed to be weighted. Yep. Right. And yep. and so anybody that doesn't isn't familiar with the oil field, like. We use what's called a flu- fluid barrier. Mm-hmm. That fluid barrier is a weighted fluid that holds the pressure of the formation where it needs to be. Yep. So this stuff that you're shoveling is that. Yes. It is the and, thing that and, creates. And for, y- and for y'all to understand, because this the company I work for, we would mix mud. So I actually got to mix mud. Like I poured 100 pound sacks for like eight hours straight and mixed mud. To get it to a certain weight, like exactly. you said. Yeah. And we had storage tanks of different weights. Yeah. Okay. Now, your baseline was normally the weight of water. Yep. 8.6. 8.6 is a gallon, uh, right? Pounds per gallon. Pounds per gallon, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so that's your baseline. Well, if I need 12, then we need to, we need to add weight. You know, yeah. And there's certain mixtures. There's a, a ton of shit that goes into it. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then all base, there's water base also, but water base has a lower a lower threshold mm-hmm. for heat. I think it was the heat and also pressure. Whereas, and cold. And cold. And then your 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 higher your uh your all base could withstand better. Yeah. So I don't mind cleaning the water base. That shit's easy to clean. All base is the the fucked up shit. Right. Yeah. Water boils. Yes. So yes. you got and whenever you're dealing with. <laughs> Stuff that's super far yeah. down in the water. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want your water Just imagine to dealing with like sand as opposed to oily sand. Yeah. There's a big difference. Yeah. But anyway, so the, it's all based shit's heavy as fuck. Oh, yeah. I snap two shovels. Oh, yeah. And what you need to understand is, okay, so like I said, this is eight foot tall. I'm six foot five. There's two and a half to three foot of settlement in here. So imagine what I have to do to walk around. Right. I was basically bent at the waist shoveling. A lot. Now, once we cleared out of space, it wasn't so bad. But I still couldn't shovel like I wanted to. So finally, ah, oh, fucking what was it? One of the, our safety guy came and he brought us some, some hamburgers. I was very happy about that. Now, what you got to understand is we're maybe like two days in. And I've been cursing this company out to everyone for like those two days. Mm-hmm. And I straight up told him, I was like, you fuck with me, I will quit on the spot. Like, I'm that close. I told everyone. Like, the boss of the company came, and I told him the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. So, and they thought I was joking. I was like, I'm fucking serious. Like, y'all fucked me. Mm-hmm. Y'all are still fucking me. Like, yeah. I'm here because I don't have another job. And I don't want, you know, my girlfriend, which is my wife now at the time, to, to you know, lose the security of me having a paying job. Because at yeah. that point, we were in an apartment together, you yeah. know. So, I had to pay bills. As I say, you got me bent over the barrel. Yep. 
So and here I am. Yep, shoveling. But doing, I'm not happy about do, it. Doing the worst kind of work in the oil field you can do in the heat, in the sludge, everything. Yeah. Tyvek suits don't even fucking matter. Like they, they'll keep the oil base off of you, but you're literally sweating a gallon underneath. So you're soaking wet whenever you come out. Right oh yes, yeah. easily. So the safety guy comes. He says, "Is there anything I, I can do for y'all?" I said, <laughs> All right, motherfucker. I was like, "Um, I need you to go to to, to the the hardware store. I need you to get me a pickaxe." He said, a pickaxe. I said, get two pickaxes because I might break the first one. All right. Oh, <laughs> oh by the way, and two, like three more shovels because yeah. I broke two. And I was like, let's just get an extra one just in case. Yeah. Okay. So now I, I'm going to bring this up now. Okay. The bid to get the job done was 16 days. They came to bring me my pickaxe. All right. So I got down there with the three guys. They had the shovels that I had to pickaxe. I said, this was going to happen. So I'm going to get this pickaxe, and I'm going to clear a three-foot section forward from left to right. And y'all are going to dig it up and put it into the vacuum. And then I was like, when I'm done digging, I'm I'm getting out. When y'all yeah. are done, by that point, whatever, whichever comes first, either y'all are done or the 40-minute mark hits, and y'all have to take a break, we'll swap out with the other crew. I'll come down with the other crew. I'll clean out another three-foot section. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. And it was 10 times faster, Chance. Oh, yeah. So much faster because I was breaking up because – Part of the problem was is you had to shovel it. Well, you had to break it up, and it did not want to break up at all. Right. So that's why I was snapping handles because I would go to lift it. You were it. trying to pry the yeah, stuff out. Yeah, you're trying to pry it out, and then when I go to lift it, instead of having 40 pounds, I have 100. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fucking strong. So, you know, which one's going to get first, me or, or the shovel? Well, the shovel, like, twice. They were giving that out. Yeah. The shovels yeah. were giving out. Yeah. I was, I was fucking up the pivot point. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. So... Sure enough, it started busting ass, getting it done. We got that job done in seven and a half days. Mm-hmm. Okay, they've been on it on six, 16 days, seven and a half days. Yeah, so they got paid for 16. Oh, they got paid for 16. I, we made them a lot of fucking money. Right. A lot of money. And they gave us like a $200 bonus for it. Right. And I was like, y'all probably could have gave us a $1,000 bonus. At least. still been like gravy, but whatever. I was fucking mad. Anyway, I got to, I wish I calmed down. I told him, you know, cause I told Mary at the time, I was like, look, I was like, I, I might show up at home one day with my bag. I'm just letting you know, it's probably cause I quit my job. Or yeah. if you get a phone call saying, Hey, come pick me up in Berwick. It's cause I quit. Yeah. You're so she, and I feel bad cause she worried the entire time, you know, and then finally I thought I was like, don't worry, I'm, I'm going to get another job. And then eventually Travis O'Connor called me. About that job to go work with Docs and Fouchon. And I yeah. did that for fucking six years. Way you know? better. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, and those were 12-hour days, but those were, like, easy 12-hour oh, days. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, after doing tank cleaning, every other job is easy. Right. Like, I was talking with my boss about that today at my current job. And he's like, he's like, you like your job here? I was like, bro, I did. I used to do tank cleaning. He's like, oh yeah, you like your job here? <laughs> I was like, yeah, fuck that shit. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'd make money, but I was making like eleven dollars an hour, and I made money because I would have a hundred plus hours. That's a week. where I started. Was eleven dollars an hour? Yeah, yeah. Now. Oh yeah, yeah. It paid off. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I do good now, but uh, you get them, them, them all for little checks. <sighs> Offshore checks, silly. No. Yeah, we don't have to go into numbers, but all I'm going to say is is this guy will go out for three weeks, and I'm being generous with the three weeks. Um, yeah. 
at a time and get paid 24 hours a day. Yep. Seven days a week. Yep. So by the second day, he's making overtime. Second day, I'm in eight hours of work. And then time, it yeah. refreshes on after the seventh day. Mm-hmm. And then, but just rinse and repeat for three weeks. Yep. And they've been on jobs a lot longer than three weeks. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Hunter showed me, because Hunter, Hunter works the same place you work. Yep. And he showed me one of his checks when, like, when he was work when he worked, like, nine months out of the year mm-hmm. or two months out of the year, he showed me one of his checks. I was like, fuck. Yeah, no, it, just, it could be like, crazy. It's going to make you want to shit your drawers. You know, mm-hmm. now, don't get me wrong. You're out there for that long, and there right. is some he- heavy work that has to be done um, uh, sometimes. My job is great. I love my yeah, job. Yeah. Oh, well, obviously, you've been with them for fucking over 10 years now, so. 13 in June. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, 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 we're, yeah. we're getting up on close to 13. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a long time. Not, not only that, you also got Hunter to work there, Brendan to work there, Joe to work there, Jake worked there at one point, Nick worked there Nick. at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Um, You're the only guy I haven't been able to get on. I put in like and three we were, applications. I put we in three applications. Close. Yeah, we were this close. Yeah. I put in three applications spanning over the last ten years, and this last time I literally talked to his boss, and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna call you, and we're gonna get an interview set up." He's like, "After that, you'll get the job," and then the boss got let go. He got laid off, but it was because <laughs> the bottom dropped out again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, you know? the, the oil field is very much volatile. Uh, I kind of covered this in my first episode of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, with one of my old teachers who, who was a mud engineer for like four years offshore. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said the same thing. Like, it, like when the ass falls out the oil field, everybody gets fucked. And whenever, yeah. like, when that happens, like, all of Louisiana gets fucked. So, yep. And most of the South, really. But um, that shit was rough, man. But I just laughed. And look, I love my job. But. I would much rather make those offshore all through the jobs mm-hmm. checks. Like I told, I talked to Mary about it and I was like, you understand how long I've been gone? She's like, yeah. She's like, but we can pay off everything. It's like, that's why I do it. And I'm at the age now. I mean, we're, we're in our early thirties, but like yeah. I've got another good 10 years of breaking my back, you know, and then I don't want to have to break my back. Like, I don't mind doing it for another 20 years, but what I'm saying is yeah. when, when I turn 50, I don't want to have to go out and do young buck work. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and I, I, I think that's that. everyone's goal, right? But right here at 33, right? Like, I've gotten to the point where I appreciate the fact that my job asks me to get out and do physical work. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that because, I, dude, I'm lazy. Yeah. Well, if, if I didn't have a job to make me do it, I wouldn't be doing the, it. The funny thing is, is because I worked, when I worked the docks, it was physical, but I was in an office a lot. Yeah. And the one thing I learned is I like physical labor. I really do. Right. Like, that's not the issue. But the point is, is I got told my wife, like, okay. And when I say break my back work, I'm talking about, like, going work pipeline or going, being away from home for an extended period of time doing rough work, you know. And, um, you know, that's not something you want to do when you're 60 years old. No. 50 years old, you know. No, no. There needs to be some way to face it. I told her, I was like, if I'm going to do this. I need to do this now while I'm this age because when I'm older, I'm not going to want to ever do it. Yeah. It's like, I'm willing to do it now. I'd much rather bust my ass the next 10 years and get us to a place where we never have to worry about money again. Uh, well, you always got to worry about money, but you're, yeah, you're, you're right. right. You, but there's a difference between living paycheck to paycheck. Oh, yeah. and you, you look at Joe right now and he is, that's what I'm calling. He's cr- they're crushing it, bro. Yeah. But then Joe's one of those people where he, he's, he's hungry. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not saying and hungry isn't poor. I'm and saying he's smart. He's oh, he's intelligent. He's so intelligent. Um, but the point is, is he's not only intelligent, but he's hungry to make that money and work and and get it get after it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, 
which I'm not saying that of anybody now, but like I've talked about people in the past who they weren't hungry. Right. And it showed. And then lo and behold, here we are. They're not, they're long, no longer there. Yeah. You know? It is what it is. I understand. But my job, I like my job. I like what I do. You just don't pay enough. Yeah. And that's all it is. And they're not, they, they, okay. So when the all filled fucking the, you know, when the bottom fell out, one of the several times over the past. Oh, yeah. But this this one this one was that and COVID hitting at the same time. Exactly. Half my company got laid off. Yep. We all got 10% pay cuts. Yep. So right now we're doing great. Like, they hire some people back. We're back to our original pay. That's great. That's, that's it's, it's awesome. Great. You know, it's awesome. I love it. I'm thankful that they were able to get us back to that point, you know, this year as early yeah. as they did. Um and that they took the initiative to do it yeah, because yeah. so many companies are just yeah. like yeah, taking yeah, yeah. advantage. But they do not like giving raises. Right. Nobody does. You're right. But most companies will give you a yearly, like, little, small, incremental. You ain't going to see a raise with my company for, like, five years, a yeah. decade. So it's like, it's hard to feel appreciated when you're never going to get a raise. And you're yeah. doing the job that requires... Like if I would if I did my job for another company, I'd probably make a lot more than I make right now. Think so? Yeah. Yeah. But now, granted, I'm not officially trained in what I do. I I mean, I am trained, but like, I don't have a certificate showing. Hey, I took these courses. Right. So maybe that's the difference. I don't know. But the point is, is if I do what I do with other companies, I'd probably make more. But I do like my company's mentality. They're more of a mom and pop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a family owned company. They built like the owner, the guy who created the business built it by himself or well, you know, yeah. Um, he's retired now. His son's now the, the CEO of the company and he's doing great things, but, uh, oh, yeah. I just want to get paid for <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just want to get paid for That's it. Uh, but hmm, things are all right right now. Mary got that new job. I think she, she told you all about it. I think so. I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe so, she told Christelle. She might have thought, well, probably in the, like their, their little girls chat group, right. like where we had the guys on. Yeah. Uh, so like she's a nurse. She was doing wound care. Right. Uh, for Lords. And yeah, that was the last I heard. Okay. So now she still does a little bit of wound care, but she got a job as an administrator at a, um, a clinic and they specialize in hyperbaric. Uh, therapy or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, she got a huge pay increase. Oh with wow! That. Um, she makes salary, or she was making like hourly. Right. And the thing with was is she was working, like she'd pick up an extra shift on Saturdays to give us some extra money at her old job, and now she makes the same amount of money without having to work without having day. to work that extra day. Yeah. And then also it's a progression in her career. Absolutely. So it's more rewarding because she's doing a, a different thing. Uh, but she, she says she still needs to do like wound care every once in a while because they deal with that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. And she has such a history and so much experience. Exactly. Like, she, she's That's an amazing nurse. It's, oh, yeah. It's, you know, I get jaded because I've just been around it. Like, my wife is 100% capable. Like, if she would have never met me, she would have conquered the world probably. Like, I'm probably holding her back. Oh, no, you know, stop. <laughs> you know, she's, she's my better half. And I, I'm not even, like, she's going to listen to this. Uh, I'm not trying to toot her horn. I'm, I'm literally just saying, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, could be happier with the person I married. Of course. You know. 
Of course. Um, but that's a great job. So mm-hmm. that's kind of helped us out. We're kind of a step ahead. Our roof kind of partially getting thrown off with the with the hurricanes. Did it set y'all back? It did? I mean, it's still not fixed. Oh, really? Um, we're going to break about even uh, with the insurance claim that we had. Mm-hmm. But it's just the process of going through it. Um, the thing is, our roof was only a year old. We had just gotten uh-huh. replaced. And we're still paying, like, we're still currently paying payments on that roof. Yeah. As the hurricane fucked it up. And the initial company that did our roof, we went to them. Mm-hmm. They did our roof, so we called them. And they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you and, and we'll, we'll see about it. And, like, two months passed. And what y'all got to understand, listeners, is, um, I mean, it. We got hit with five hurricanes. This year. And that last one. Hurt a lot of people. Yeah. All over Louisiana. Yeah. Like, my roof is a lot better than most of the places I've seen. Yeah. And I don't even want to talk about Lake Charles. Like, Lake Charles. Lake Charles got devastated. Just utterly destroyed. Um, so, the fact that there's a waiting time didn't really surprise me. Because I told her. Like, we called. Uh, let's see. The hurricane hit, what, like a Thursday or the Friday? And then the next day, we called to, to, to file our claim. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you were still too late. <laughs> well, the insurance company got to us right away. But mm-hmm. the company that, to fix it, the actual company, you know, the the construction company to fix it, they, they took, and they, they even said, they're like, well, we got a backlog. We wait two months. And then my wife calls them to try to get with them again because uh, we had gotten our insurance check in, like the actual check in. Mm-hmm. So we were ready to go. Well, they decided to inform us that their company no longer fixes trailers. Mm-hmm. I was pissed. I mean, Mary was pissed too, but I mean, especially because you guys were like, we're already, a we're, customer. we're already a customer and they were such like, they were so good to us the first time around. And then they strung us along for two fucking months where we could have contacted somebody else to get right. it done. Right. You know, it was just appalling. Like you couldn't have told us right like, earlier, you know, Yeah, man. it was fucking awful. So, well, we got with, um, I think it's Mary's, not my Mary, Hunter's Mary, her, um, her brother-in-law, mm-hmm. he has yep. a construction company. He did Josh's like roof and stuff. Yeah. He's, he's, we got a quote from him. So we're going to go with him. And then, of course. Yeah. He, and know, I mean, from everything I hear, he's good. So, I mean, if you look at what he did with Josh's house, he, he does good work. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh. So we're kind of even on that. The insurance check is going to cover what he's charging us. We'll still oh, have. Good. I mean, you still got your deductible. We, we still have our deductible. Well, that's what the deductible. The, the, the check they cut us, they cut our deductible out of it before they gave us a check. So oh, okay. It's working out. Um, Hell yeah. Which I was happy about. We might have to pay a little bit extra, but that's it's not going to be nearly as bad. And then we'll just have our initial payment on the roof. Yeah, it's definitely a good deal. So. Oh yeah, I'm happy, <laughs> I'm happy about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just the whole ordeal was frustrating, mm-hmm. you know, initially. So we'll go ahead and take an intermission. Yeah, and we'll be back in a little while for sure. All right, this is Fixie's Playground, and we are back from our intermission. We have more beer. We went and tinkled. And Woodford. And Woodford. Woodford uh, Reserve. With Stone. 
ice cubes. I'm bougie of. as fuck. Bougie as fuck. He has he has <laughs> chilled stone cubes to cool off his drink, and, and I told him I was like, I, I would have never thought of it. I would have never thought of it. I was waiting to see like the ball of ice. I That's was like, what I had when you got here. Okay, so I did see that shit. I yeah, was like, yeah, bougie. yeah. I, I know Chance is bougie enough to have like an <laughs> ice ball thing. I had that. Um, but it's freezing again now, so I can't I got use you. it. I got you. So and now he has stone ice, and then we pet the cats a little bit. Yeah. So they were cool as fuck. Yeah. For sure. And then we d- discussed one of our uh, mutual series that we read, the uh, Lightbringer. Yeah, but series, I, mean, I guess. Like, you and I have the same okay, yeah. taste in books. Okay, so first off, but I want to point this out. You introduced me to Brent Weeks. To Brent Weeks yeah, with, right. with the Night Angel trilogy. That's right. Okay? And then, I mean, anyone who's read the Night Angel trilogy, like, talk about catapult to my top five all time. Oh, like, yeah. And I, because I'm in, like, Facebook groups for Brent Weeks, so we talk about all this shit. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to invite me to these groups. I'm going to fucking invite you. (laughs) And, like, most people like the Night Angel better, but I feel like that's just nostalgia because the Lightbringer series is better written. (sighs) Yeah. And and, it's just definitely poured a lot more into it. The tone of the Night Angel series. The tone and just... So far, I've really just liked what he does with different magic systems and so, how he, so good how he makes them really unique to the yes, world yes there's nothing about what he does with magic that is typical mm-hmm. you know well and the funny thing spoiler alerts kind of uh so like in the burning white supposedly which this is all like fan theory there's a nod to the night angel series in that oh well in the in the which, yeah, I can see that. In the in the plane scene, I'm just gonna say that when he's talking to like the the pilot, uh-huh. and, and guys like, I, is this punishment for me not doing such and such with V? Mm-hmm. V is supposed to be Viridia, Viridia or whatever. Oh Vi. no, shit. Supposedly, which if if you look at it, it's possible because the whole the um. The battle that wages on in the Lightbringer series happens among thousands of worlds across creation. Exactly. They definitely so, like, whoa, shit, spoiler alert. We, we're spoiling <laughs> a little bit. Like, it, we're not giving away anything major, but these are like the side spoils. Right. The, 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 the Easter eggs, so to speak. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, obviously you can draw some parallels even between the magic systems, though they're... Even to me, they're fundamentally different. Or I won't say the magic system so much as the Kakari and the Night Angel, mm-hmm. the different elemental stuff as yeah. compared to the magic system, the Lightbringer, which Lux is literally Lux. light, but they each have colors. They each they each focus on colors. That's for yeah. Sure. They each you know one of the main things, and I've always been attuned to like color specific magics and variations of that, even when I was younger, like. Mm. Everything I think of is, you know, some kind of variation. I mean, that so, probably has a lot to do with the fact that you were uh, into Magic Gathering, where Magic Gathering, and then even just impactful. even just the Power Rangers. Yeah, sure. Most people wanted to be the Red Ranger. I wanted to be the Blue Ranger. I was like, fuck y'all. Really? Billy, bitch. I'm going to be that smart guy. 
triceratops, three horns, motherfucker. <laughs> three horns. No, I was just... I mean, I think everyone wanted to be a White Ranger, too. Yeah, so, I was definitely a White Ranger, too. Yeah, every, well, when he came around, yeah. at least, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, my favorite color is blue, so... Right. You know. But, yeah, those are some great books. And then So, Brent Weeks is great. He needs to, he needs to put out something... Uh, I'm, I imagine he's working on something. I don't know what. I mean, if we're There's, on the subject of books, though, are we going to talk about Patrick Rothfuss? So I was about, I was about to, to bring stop it. Stop being a bitch. I was about to bring it up. Um, uh, I'll finish with, with Brent Weeks. I imagine he's working on something. There's rumors that he might revisit the Night Angel world. That would be cool. Probably um, in another time. But probably yeah. a future time. If yeah. I, but I don't give a fuck. Take take all my money. Like yeah, I'm, about, I'm, I'm buy, buying like I'm buying hard covers. I'm buying digital cover like. Just, just, just make it and, and put it out and, and please, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know that's how I feel about that. All right, so Patrick Rothfuss, which is you also introduced me to this author. Yeah, um, so that's the uh, King Killer Chronicles. King Killer Chronicles, but so far it's it's a a duology. There's two books, and it was okay, okay, two books to be the King Killer trilogy. I think he said it is going to be a trilogy. Oh, did he? Oh yeah. Then why is it called the Chronicles? I mean, I guess. I just know that he said it was going to be. Short. I guess. A chron- <laughs> I guess Chronicles could be three. Shoot, what you looking at? I'm, um, I'm looking for the oh, name of the yeah, wind. You're looking at that special edition. Yeah, special sexy edition ass of the wind right fucking here. book right there. And it is. It is gorgeous. Um, oh man. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's stated here. <sighs> I don't. I don't know. Um, it's semantics. Jeez, man, Chron- this guy. The Chronicles. The Chronicles could be three books. Um, I'd also argue that there's two anthology novels, um, one with Ari and one with Bast. Yeah. And I, I've read them both. Mm-hmm. And the one with Ari's different, but I enjoyed it because it's just a slice so of that. That's the one that I had. I was reading and I didn't make it all the way through. And it was. It, Did you not man. make it to the candle part? I don't know. Which is towards the end. Probably not. Okay, so spoiler spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> it's a big time. <laughs> the name of the wind's been out a long time. Yeah. The second book's been out for at least five years, which is part of our angst because yeah. uh, we're waiting on the third book, which we'll get to. Um, so in Ari's book, like, because in, in in not the name of the wind, the, the second, the wise man's fear, she she gives him a candle as a gift. Right. Okay. So in Ari's no- novel, novella, whatever you want to call it, like she goes through the process of wanting to make him his candle, and she runs out of time. And in the book series, they they talk about the old school makers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Ari basically wills this candle into existence. Yeah. Like. Like just say straight up. Turns the world to her will. Yeah. And creates this fucking candle. Like, that's a new level of naming. Right. And and she does it. So, she's, the assumption is that she's a maker. That's fair. I is, mean, so, like, but if you look at... Well, it's the interesting, the interesting part of the way, the way... In, in that world in that system yeah, of magic. Yeah. Well because let's just well, say like Okay, well but but do you consider the, the syllogy or however you say it? Um magic? Or sy- sympathy? Or sympathy? Well sympathy both. Both. Right. Sympathy but 
Sigildry is the runes. Sigildry is just using yeah, sympathy yeah, 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 through yeah. Sigildry. So do you consider sympathy to be magic? Because in, in, in the book, no, it, he says it's not. It's basically just applying physics, essentially. It really is. Um, and but that's, that's what I was about to but say. But ignorant mm-hmm. people would say it, it was magic, of right? Of course. In the real magic, system of magic, yeah. the idea of conjuration, mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. Yeah. Conjuration does not exist no. in this world of no. magic. And this, the, the, the conservation mm-hmm. of, of magic or whatever you want to call it, which is also what, like, I don't know, Newton's third law or I, I, don't, I don't remember what law it is. But essentially, <clears throat> matter cannot be created or destroyed. Yeah. And, yeah. and sympathy works on that physics law in our real life physics law, but for them it's the law of conservation or some shit. Um, where basically, like, they can be an intermediary for matter and they can manipulate that matter with their will. With their which will. Is magic. Which, but that's mind power, bro. That's, that's psychic abilities. It is more psychic. Uh, if yes. anything. Uh, well, it. It te- technically, even naming would technically be. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's, a, still that's a brain psychic, thing too. But, yeah, but we'll call it whatever. Yeah, so they're more they're more um, impressing their will upon the world around them in some shape, form, or fashion. Yep. But it it is always a conversion. It's never yep. creation. Nope. So the idea that Ari would come through and create anything. Yes. Is. Massively Insane. impactful to and, the story. But, but you have to explain how naming works too, though, because that's the crux of what she did is so impressive. Is because if you understand naming, you understand just like how amazing what she did was. Um, so the way naming works is, or the way Professor Elodin would teach it, hmm. um, <laughs> was you start off with, you know, five or six basic elements. Fire, water, wind, stone, metal. I forget what, what the sixth one was. He, I think he said six in the book. Uh, it might have been five. I don't know. Okay. And essentially what he teaches you is, is however smart you are, your subconscious brain is like a million times smarter. It can process a million times better than you can. So naming is the study of one of those simple objects to the point where you understand it so well that you can bend it to your will. Yeah. And by doing that, your sleeping mind, which is also your subconscious awakens and through practice and trial and error and crazy shit, um, you can control your sleeping mind and impart your will on the world. Yeah. So if it's a stone, you could shape, literally shape that stone. However you want to shape it. Or break it into a thousand pieces. Yep. Uh, but just to understand the complexity of it, it's not just looking at it and be like, oh, well, this color, you know, this stone is colored brown because it's not just brown. It's also gray. It's also silver. It's, it's got trace minerals in it. How does gravity interact with it? How does mm-hmm. the wind push on it? These are all factors that go into this stone's name. Yep. And in order to have control over the stone, you have to understand what it is to get that name. You have to understand in every single aspect, every a million different ways, right? What's its weight? How does it roll along the ground? Like everything, every, every it, single thing. And your, your, your awake mind, which is the, you know, your normal processing mind can't co- possibly comprehend it, but your sleeping right. mind can. 
So he would teach you how to do this if you had an affinity for it. Which is just some absolutely mind-boggling craziness. Yeah, like in in the book, he makes a, a student walk around with clay in her shoes for like a week, you know, yeah. or stand in a in a, a a babbling brook of water and watch how water rolls over the stones, stuff like that, just cr- crazy stuff. Um, walk around with a blindfold in the school for like a week. Right. You know, crazy things. Um, but it was all in the process of trying to teach her or him or, or the student how to um, get their sleeping mind to understand a different aspect of this one element. Yeah. Okay. And that's just one element. And to learn just one name was very prestigious. To learn two puts you in a, an upper echelon. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that at one point in time in the history of this book, there were namers who knew a dozen names, yeah. but in their current time for this book, if you knew two names, you were pretty well off. Yeah. You know, like you were somebody. Um, and what Ari did was, is because candle wax is a host of different things yeah, to begin exactly. with. Exactly. It's not one of the core elements. It's not one of the core elements. It has no original state, so you have to create it from something. And she didn't. Like, she had, I think she had, like, candle wax, maybe. I need to remember. Like, she had some of the stuff to make. She just didn't have time to form it. But she literally patrolled all of the different elements of this candle and made it. Like, different colors, uh, little stones in it, a wig, all kinds of stuff to it. And she did it in, like, a heartbeat. And it was Mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just can't wait for the next book, man. if, (laughs) If you like what you've heard... Go by the name of the wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Absolutely, he's, he's an amazing writer. Like I, he is. The problem is amazing writer. Is we're works. going on six years. Yeah, since he wrote the second book, and look, as someone who who has read um, George R. R. Martin mm-hmm. and watched all of Game of Thrones and read the yep. books, and we're years past the the this, the series going, and he's still trying to put out the rest of the books. Right. Um, I understand that it takes authors time sometimes to develop. So there was this day where um, I happened to find out that Patrick Rothfuss has a Twitch account. And I tune in. He plays video games, yeah. And I tune in, and he's like, I'm trying to decide if I want to uh, write, work on the third book for you guys, or if I want to play uh, Fallout 4. And I was like, write the book! Jesus yeah. Christ! Oh, people are, are downright mean to him about it. And Mm. I understand both sides. There's so much pressure, man. There's a lot of pressure. I don't know if he's got a writer's block or if... Because I I honestly think he has it written. But I think he he just needs to fine-tune it. And I think there's some things that are not lining up. If I had to guess. So I feel like he he got himself in this situation where he's like, I never would have guessed that I would be... At this, this level. far deep. And now he's set his own expectations so high mm-hmm. for where he needs to be that um I mean, at this point, I don't even care if the third book's gonna be a letdown. Like just 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 get it give, out there. Just give it to me. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Like I want closure. And if yeah. you never write again, that'll suck, but hey, but do it. If it's Dance of Dragons for uh Jordan yeah. R. Yeah. Martin, yeah. look, yeah. fine. Yeah. Let's Whatever. get something. Okay? Like, all right, all right, Jon Snow, go ahead and stab her. Like <laughs> the one time you decide to break your moral code, just 
whatever. She's fucking crazy, apparently. Yeah. I say apparently because you had like one episode to reconcile her craziness. Yeah, they rushed that. Oh, it was but, great. I mean, it was a great series up until the last couple episodes. It really was. The irony is, is my wife and I would come here to watch the episodes with y'all for the yeah. last season. Like, it was an event. Yeah. And, I mean, this is rough on a Sunday night when we had school the next day. But it was worth it. It was worth it. And But that last that last episode just... Now, don't get me wrong. Aria made a lot of it worth it. Mm-hmm. Just with what... Until she, like, went and had sex with Gentry or whatever his name was. And was then I was like... It was rough. But that's... I, was, I think I was shocked because... The whole time you're like, yeah, she's this little girl, and like you don't realize like she's she's 18 in the in the in the, the story at this yeah. point. She's been she, growing she, up the whole time. She a woman, and uh, she getting freaky, and I'm yep. uncomfortable because I kept thinking that she was my like 11 year old daughter. And the whole time, and the it, whole time, it was so. It was well done. That it was, was well it was, done. It was well done because that's how it is in real life. You're you're correct. One day you're little you're girl correct. Up. It was very well done, but it was awkward as fuck for me to watch. I think that's the first time I ever felt that watching something. So, good, good on them. Yeah. All that said, though, love Patrick Rothfuss. Love Brent Weeks. Love George R. R. Martin. All amazing authors. By far, my favorite author is always going to be... I mean, I say always. Ooh, Thanks who's, change. who's your favorite author? Let's go. Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, Just list some of his series. Series? He doesn't have any. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, uh, other well, than The Sandman... Okay. The, uh, which is a graphic novel series, I right? Got you. Yeah. But I mean, that's one of the best things about him is that you can yeah. pick up a Neil Gaiman book and you just read it, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's that book, and it's over. So, yeah. like, American Gods is my favorite book. You guys can watch. Is that the, is that the TV series? You can watch the TV I've watched, series right I'm, now. I'm catching up on season two, trying to watch season three. I have not watched season two yet, and uh, no. actually, every time I see it on, I like screech at it and mm-hmm. turn it off because I need to watch it in the first episode. Oh, uh, I got you. But, and which was crazy because, like, I've read the book. Yeah. That doesn't matter, though. It's it, still, it can still be different. And, uh... The visuals on the TV series are fucking awesome. Absolutely. Like, They've done a really good job with it yeah. so far. Oh, really? How does yeah. it compare to the book? Like, is the transition good? They do a great, great job. Really? Okay. They're doing a great job. I'm gonna the read the books. Yeah. I have I have it on the list. I'm gonna read the books. <clears throat> I just haven't gotten to it yet. I mean, it's right there. You can take it on your way out. Um, yeah, I will. So I actually started with a Nancy Voice, mm-hmm. but a Nancy Voice was a spinoff of American Gods. And in, oh, the, okay. in the show, if you watch season one, mm-hmm. you met a Nancy. And actually, one of the biggest qualms that I have with the TV show versus the book series mm-hmm. is what they did with a Nancy. Oh. Because he was much more colorful. And he's colorful in the show, mm-hmm. but he was more colorful in my mind in uh, in the book series. Okay. And, and Anansi is is an, is an actual old school god from from Africa, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's a um, spider god. You know, is that what's the his name? Yeah, but what's his name? Is it or uh, Orlando? Is it Orlando Bloom? Is that the guy who played it in the TV series? What's his no, name? No, um, he's the black guy. It's not Orlando Bloom. Orlando Bloom's white. <laughs> so, um, Nancy is a uh, what's his fucking name? He's the guy that man. Orlando Bloom is white. I completely spaced on that. Yeah. <laughs> what's his? Let me hold up. I'm I'm gonna find it. Yeah. I have to do like the ring around Google search. Yeah, yeah. Um, Take your time. But uh, 
I do like the actor, except that in American Gods, the character is very old, and that actor is not old. I love him. I got you. I love the way that they portray him, mm-hmm. but he's not old. I mean, Orlando Jones. There you go. This is why I, I fucked up. I got the first name right. Yeah, I thought it was right. He's yeah. he's if if you've ever seen him, you've seen him in some movies. Like he's played in Evolution. Um, mm-hmm. He was with, in that movie with a uh, fucking Mulder from X Files. He was in. Um, what was it called? The replacement. That's Ke- it. The replacement. He was in with the replacements with Keanu Reeves as the yep. as the wide receiver who was fast as fuck but couldn't catch a Twinkie. Yep. Flying in the air. Um. <laughs> he's in this movie called Biker Boys. Uh. So a Nancy Boys plays on his sons. Remember, he's a god. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. No matter what you say, in American Gods, those people are gods. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh and the Nancy boys, it's his sons. Now okay. they have no idea that their father is a god. Okay. Are they half gods? They are, okay. but they don't know it. Okay. So you know what I mean? So they're kind of like Nephilims, I guess. Oh, it's just like an American god. I got you. I got Spoiler you. alert. Okay. I guess if you watch the first season, you know this. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Um, I got you. But uh, so like they they're they're god they're they're demigods and um. Uh, Love me some it, take, it takes place in, in, in one of the son's point of view. Okay. And then his brother comes in the picture, and I feel like he is such an amazing storyteller. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's just, I don't know, man. He just weaves things mm-hmm. where in a way that he does not need three books to tell an amazing you. story. You know how big are his books? Normal? So that's my no gaming section right up here. Um, I know that nobody can see this, but just right over here. I see him now. Okay, so yeah, you got like six books. That's the American Gods graphic novel. Okay, this is a Neverwhere. We've got Norse mythology, Mm -hmm. which is literally him delving through. Oh, really? Norse mythology should be pretty cool too, though. He delves into Norse mythology and then he retells the stories in his own words. Mm -hmm. And he prefaces that in saying, like, look, these stories... These are just my interpretation of something that's been around for thousands of years, right? Yeah, yeah. It's Which like, awesome. these aren't written down. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they were told and told and told. Mm-hmm. And yeah, somewhere I mean, along the way, somebody recorded well, something. Even even the Bible was an oral an oral thing for thousands of years. Right. Until someone finally transcribed it. So, like, this is awesome. Like, I like it. Um, so, he's that. Then he's about, what, three, here. 300 pages? Yeah, the Great Roughly. God book, American Gods, Neil Gaiman, uh, Nancy Boys, and then we've got Smoke and Mirrors, mm-hmm. which, to be honest with you, I haven't even got around to reading yet. Oh, okay. Um, and then we've got the entire graphic novel set section. Of nice. The, so this is his whole uh, Sandman tri- uh, collection right here. Mm-hmm. Now, book four is missing because it's over on my nightstand. I got you. Um, but this is also volume one. Of their full-size version of it, which is still in the plastic. Nice. Because I'm reading this one. I don't even want to open it. No, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> and there's the orchard, but uh, mm-hmm. the rest of these are not. Here. So he's so he's your favorite. That's your numero uno, huh? By far. Okay. I think he is absolutely I, spectacular. I think Brent Brent is probably like Brent Weeks is probably my favorite right now. In the but, in the but, fantasy genre. Yeah, I the, absolutely yeah. love him. Um, but it's a mixed bag. Like I like Patrick too. Um. I recently, I say recently, last year, last year, 
I read the entire Dark Dark Tower series by, by Stephen King, and I've, I've talked about it on one of the previous episodes, and um, one of the best high fantasy series oh. I've ever read. And I'm I've sure read The Wheel of Time, which is also awesome, just hard to read. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dark Tower was just insanely good. Um, My grandmother was a huge really? Stephen King fan. Wow. And uh, actually in high school, um, we had I was in shop class. Mm-hmm. I was in shop class from freshman year. Yeah, yeah, senior yeah. Year. we had like a welding slash ag class. So, so I got you. Yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing, actually. I got you. Okay. <laughs> um, so my junior year, and we always had to build things. Well, I was not the kid that was like, I'm going to go build a birdhouse because mm-hmm. I didn't give a shit about birdhouses. No, yeah. I mean, I still don't give a shit about birdhouses, to be honest. But. I think I built like a uh, a puzzle one time. Mm-hmm. I built an entertainment center. I, I, and like, I built a bookshelf. I like woodworking, but I just don't give a shit about like birdhouses. Right. No, so, me neither. Like, if it's something practical like a bookshelf, then that's one thing. I, but, I actually built a custom entertainment center for my room mm-hmm. to fit my TV, my well, PlayStation. See, and that's my, awesome. My or like, or like I'll, you probably haven't been to Brandon's house in a while, but like his back patio, he's got it set up now. He's got a TV back there. Mm-hmm. and But he built a bench. And I mean, it's a, it's a me and Brandon size bench. Oh, I'm sure. Like, you could fit like four of us on there. Yeah. It's huge. But, like, I like woodworking like that. Practical stuff that's useful around the house. Love it. Yeah. Like, I wish I had a shop with tools so I could do that, you know? Yeah. The other thing I built was a bookshelf for her. There you go. Because yeah. she had so many books, and she just had them piled up in stacks. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I got to build something for this shop class. I don't really care. Let me build something that we can use. Yeah. And I just built her a so I'm talking about a basic. I mean, it's basic as hell. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The measurements just have to be right, and you screw it together. Yeah, it's not but, hard. But it took a lot more effort than the other students' mm-hmm. projects did. You know? yeah, yeah, I was handling well, that's, sheets. That's of big though. Ink by like four that's, plywood. That's big you stuff. And yeah, like, you got to do a lot of measuring. And so, like my my grandpa on my mom's side, he taught me most of the woodworking I know. Mm-hmm. And first thing you he tells me to do, get you a piece of a piece of paper and a pencil. And draw it out. Yep. Now, how big do you want it? Write your dimensions. Now, how many shelves do you want? Okay. Well, you know your shelves should probably be a little bit smaller than the outside walls, right? Okay. Well, do you want a back to your shelf? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you get, you know, what's the thickness of the back that you want too? Yeah. Stuff like that. And um, him and me and, and my, my first cousin, Devin, would be out in the yard on some sawhorses, man. Oh, yeah. Making stuff out of wood. We make swords. We make all kinds of stuff. Yep. Um, but it's just, it always, I was always good with like geometry as far as building stuff is concerned. Right. Applicable Um, geometry. Yeah. Applicable geometry or whatever you want to call it. And, um, I say that because it's like stuff that you can apply in everyday life. Yeah. Like I'm not building skyscrapers or anything like I'm not good at that, uh, yeah. but like I can build a, a shelf or, or finding this angle and all that shit. Yeah. Like that's yeah. a whole other level. And yeah, I'll be able to figure it out if I ever need it, but if I needed to, I could on my day to day life. That's not something I need to do. Yeah. It's like, like fucking advanced outer, but like, I ain't never going to use that shit. Yeah. Well today, you know, I do in my work occasionally have to find angles, but what I do is I take a picture and I put it on an application and then I measure the angle. 
using yeah. that application. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? in all in all fairness, when we were going to high school, I don't think any of the teachers thought we would be walking around with a fucking advanced computer in our pockets <laughs> all the time. That's fair. Just saying. And when you're walking around with an advanced computer in your pocket all the time, just think about what you have as far as an actual desktop or laptop computer is compared to just your phone. Today, I was cooking. And I say Mm -hmm. cooking. I was brining some salmon to smoke it. And instead of having to pull out the calculator because my hands were full of sugar and soy sauce and fish, I just said, hey, Google, what is this plus this (laughs) plus this? And Google is already trying to calculate me an answer right now. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. This oh, yeah. Back from oh. Y'all, y'all hear that shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell your government a- FBI agent hi. So, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I just asked it and it answered. <laughs> Technology is crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, if I want a conversion, I, I literally ask. Oh, I, uh. I was listening to Joe Rogan podcast and they're trying to find out what like a basketball size worth of gold is. And sure enough, like they went on Google and they just kind of like typed in a rough guess of what, what to ask. And it was like, yeah, it's worth this much money. I forget. It was like so many million dollars for this basketball size of gold. And I'm like, fuck, I want a basketball of gold. Gold is very uh, worth money. It, well, it's yeah, worth a lot of money. Like, what thirteen hundred bucks an ounce or some shit like that? I don't know. Yeah, the it, price keeps going up. It might be seventeen hundred now. I haven't looked at it in a while, but um, but yeah, I, I enjoy building stuff. I'm not not really good at refining stuff, though. I'll say that. Like, I can I can get something together. It just ain't gonna look that pretty. I'm not good at making um, shit look pretty. I am a perfectionist, man. I, well, I know you're a perfectionist. Dude, um, if I'm gonna do something, I, okay. So, so like we, episode. you know, he he says he's bougie, but you need to understand something. Like, Chance is the kind of guy. If I were to hand him something he'd never seen in his life, he would be reading the instruction manual on that motherfucker. Like he every would, time, he would he would learn about it, all the ins and outs, which is one of the things I love about you, really, to be honest with you, like. Whenever he gets into something, he gets into it. Like, it's yeah. not just like, hey, I got this book. Like, let me just, like, read the cover. No, like, he reads the entire fucking thing. You might even write an essay on it. I don't, I don't know. But uh, you could. I wrote you an could. essay on uh, <laughs> the Boondock Saints. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's a great movie. Well, I mean, I was in college. They asked for a paper. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I love the Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the greatest movies of all I have, time. I have so. a Boondock Saints lamp. Yeah, no, my best idea. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote a I wrote a whole essay. I listened. I watched the movie twice, and I watched it once with commentary. Right. And then That's I wrote a, about. wrote a paper on it. But uh, the the point is, is he knows his shit whenever he gets into stuff. So, I mean, I tried to. I, I don't want to do anything half ass. I I understand. I'm just I don't know lazy, or I have a short attention span. Yeah. Or the instructions they give me are bullshit. Bad translation sometimes. Yeah. That annoys me. Um, that does happen. Um, <laughs> but that annoys like me. Like I said, it's not. It's, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Um, I try to, but whenever I'm not skilled at something, as long as it's functional, it's fine. I'll be honest with you. That aspect of my personality and who I am has come out a lot more as I as I age. Mm-hmm. And um, in in everyday life. 
these days, it almost becomes a hindrance mm-hmm. because I want things to be right. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I want things to be right. Yeah, it's kind of like a micro uh, OCD. And, in, and everybody will be like, what? You actually do that? Why do you actually do that? You don't need to do that. I mean, and, and to me, I'm just like, but that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, <sighs> so, so it's kind of like, or I don't know. What's a good analogy? Like, all right. So like you're washing your car and you're scrubbing everything, but a lazy person might not scrub the hubs of their wheels. Right. Uh, do they? And, I thought everybody scrubbed the hubs of their wheels. Some people I might, do. some people <laughs> might not. It's just an analogy. Yeah. It's just right, an right, example, right. Okay. But but that's the whole point. Like you're not you're you're gonna scrub everything. But oh, yeah. your your average person be like, nah, fuck them hoes. And then whenever like, it's done, right. I'm gonna let it dry and I'm gonna look at it. And yeah. if it's not right, I'm gonna go back yeah. and do it again. Yeah. But <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with that. Like well, now, you say that, but it, if you're working <laughs> it, in my own stuff, you're right. There's nothing wrong with that. But whenever I have to work with that mentality with other people. Oh, it's, it's, it's it hard. It does become it's a hard. hindrance and there is and, something and wrong like, with it. And, and you know, we talk about it like Joe, Joe has a certain way of doing it. He's things, the same way. And he's the same way. And like, whenever you don't do it that way, it frustrates the fuck out of him. Right. And I love it about him, but it's also funny sometimes because yeah. Joe can be kind of weird about shit and he knows it and we've talked to him about it, but it's not a big deal. It's just, oh, yeah, it's just, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just Joe being Joe. Like, you know, like I said, we're family. So it, we fuck with each other all day, every day. It ain't, it ain't yeah. nothing harmful. Um, but I, I mean, I get it, but I also understand why Joe is the way he is or why you are the way you are. But like, take, take care of your shit, do it the right way. And it's not going to be broken or fucked up later on. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm, I'm doing life the right way. Well, I'm not saying, you know what I mean? I'm not saying that, but you're, because I don't, I don't want to feel like you're, you're still optimizing the stuff you have to last longer and to take care of it. And that's not necessarily saying like you're completely doing life the right way. It's just no. saying you have this stuff and you're taking care of this stuff in a manner that's gonna help perpetuate that stuff for a long time, you know, a long amount of time. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just that I am the guy that will look at anything, even something I've created, mm-hmm. and. Like, like I'll a, ask the question like a, like a Google worksheet for D and D characters. Yeah, is this right? <laughs> Can I make it better? Mm-hmm. Can we do better? You know, optimization or to be honest or with you, efficiency. I guess is all of this kind of connects back to something that I'm dealing with pretty heavily right now, or stopped dealing with just recently. Mm-hmm. You you know about our uh, our D and um, Discord? Yeah. You joined it for a couple days, but you didn't yeah. really get into it, right? No, I didn't. I'm... And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, so for me, Dungeons & Dragons is a passion. I fucking love it. Yeah. But. I mean, you, because, made, a, you made a Google Doc. Yeah, I made my own Customize your own character sheets. Like, with all the calculations yes, done for you. Yes, yeah. he, he did this all, like, by himself. And like, styled, beautiful, 3.5. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was absolutely epic. Yes. And I spent, I learned a lot about uh-huh. Excel in that process. Yeah. Um. So, but we, we started, you know, I can't play Dungeons and Dragons because I work offshore and my schedule does okay. not allow yeah. for live games. So, and just anybody who's played D&D knows, for the people who don't know, when you're young, you can make plans mm-hmm. by the fly of your pants, like, you know, fly by the seat of your pants. And they usually happen. 
When you're an adult, when like you got families. So I have I have a steady D and D group with Travis O'Connor and CJ and a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. But we play like maybe once a month or yeah. once every two months because right. it's so hard to schedule. Like we all have wives and kids. We have jobs. Yeah. And I mean, their jobs are more steady. Well, your job, like just this tonight, this, I literally, I texted you about this on Wednesday, mm-hmm. but initially I told you I wanted to get you on an episode and, and I told you we try to just schedule it around whenever you were off. Right. Well, and I said, I was like, look, keep me. Yeah. On the reserve, yeah, for somebody that yeah. can be and last what, minute. And what happened was, is I, uh, I saw you were home last weekend. Yep. Which, if you want to go ahead, um, he was cooking food for a friend. You can go ahead and plug that if you want. Um, oh yeah. So it was. It's our friend too, but it's mostly my sister's bestest friend in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda. She had, I can't even recall the name of the uh, condition, but her kidneys were failing. They yes. were down to. 10% when she went on dialysis. They were mm-hmm. down to 5% after mm-hmm. dialysis. And uh, she was doing daily dialysis for like six hours a day. Her yeah. kidneys were done. Yeah. Like she, she needed major help in a major way. She needed a kidney. Yeah. Um, she searched high and low. You know, my sister was willing to give hers. I would have been willing to give mine too. Yeah. But my sister, after she did all the blood work, the, the, the fact of the matter is my sister and I have the same genetics. Yes. 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 If she's not a match, I'm not a match. Pretty much. And, okay. and that's where we were at. So... All that said and done, we were uh, looking to help out, and you know we're still looking to help out. But... Yeah, there's there's a GoFundMe up. Um, yeah, I'll I'll find the link and post it when I when I post this episode on Perfect. my page for anyone that wants to help. Um, yeah, I tried donating twice, and it error coded me both times. Really? So I'm gonna try again. Sure. I was already planning on trying again, but I don't know why I was doing that, and I was like, this is weird. Uh-huh. But anyway, so she um, got a, She finally found a match, though. Her cousin. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Up okay. And, and that's mean, awesome. Her cousin stepped up. She found a match, and uh, the problem after that, of course, is finances because insurance, of course, covers a lot. Yeah, cover everything. Well, no. And uh, so, so you they still have the deductible put, and everything else too. Even if if they cover everything else, you're still paying your yeah. deductible. My sister wanted to put together fundraiser. Yes. And so she sold tickets. She organized everything. My sister is absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. at anything she does. Yep. I mean, I guess we're alike in that. If she takes something on, she does it a hundred yeah. and ten yeah. percent in everything she does. So she did ask my dad and I to cook. Well, she asked my dad to cook, and if I was home, I'd help him. Yeah. And so fortunately, I was home from offshore, and we were able to put this together. We had a uh, we cooked four. 16 quart plus pots of uh, shrimp stew. Yeah. I got to tell you, it was one of the most exhausting things I've ever done. Oh, I believe it. Just one pot is exhausting. <laughs> and that's not even like a 16 quart pot. That's just like. So we cooked you know, three pots at once out on my triple burner. I saw, I saw the picture or the video of that. <laughs> and then we transferred one pot into the other two pots and then cooked another mm-hmm. pot of um, with no crawfish. Because it, gotcha. it happened to fall on Lent. Uh, or, or not no crawfish, no sausage. It happened to fall on Lent. I got you. So, so we you're, you're, going, sure we you're going to seafood route. A Lent option. Yes, yeah. yes. So Which, that's pretty cool. With just crawfish. And uh, we sold 123 plates. Wow, that's day. awesome. 123 plates at $15 each. Nice. Like, these weren't discount plates. This no, wasn't like your no. local grocery store. And actually, 
as far as like plates are concerned, that's probably on the high side. It is. Normally they're like ten dollars for a plate lunch. It is, and we were one hundred percent, you know, putting it out there. And we there's no profit. I didn't make any money. No, you're just doing this to help out. <laughs> no, I like, didn't. You're just doing it to help out, right? I, I mean, if anything, I spent money on things to get it done. Oh, and oh that's certainly. Good. I was happy no, to that's, do it. But that's your way to help, too, yeah. though. Like, that's that's fine. So there was no profit in this. It all went towards her medical bills. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and her GoFundMe has a nice little chunk, but it, it still needs a lot more to go yeah, to get she, to the goal. Absolutely. Know? She's got, you know, she's got medical bills. She's got housing in, in Dallas right now. Mm-hmm. But for what all, all that said... She actually got out of the hospital today after getting her kidney mm-hmm. replaced, um, and she's staying in her Airbnb housing. And I think she's got to be for be there for three months in Dallas. She's mm-hmm. got to be within vicinity of the I hospital. I got you. I got you. The so that's kind of a cost over. right there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, huge, huge cost. So uh, hopefully she can get the money she wants. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of listeners, but look, if y'all want to help somebody out, it don't have to be much, man. Five dollars, oh, no. ten dollars. A dollar, I don't care, just yeah. something. Um, it would be much appreciated. I'll, I'll already raised about eight hundred, eighteen hundred dollars after expenses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on that uh, fundraiser, which is not yeah. a bad lick. No, you know? it's not bad. <laughs> and her, her GoFundMe, the last I looked at it was at like five k, but I think the 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 max was like twenty five, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I looked at it the other day. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I'm, I'm glad we were able to plug that and, and get get that out there. I'll I'll put a link. Yeah, I'm sure, sure y'all can get me one if I can. Mm-hmm. I, I think I can find it. Uh, I'll just look on Alice's Facebook page. But, oh yeah, uh, we got a whole group built. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and we'll try to get her some help. Um, and now I forgot why we got to this point. <laughs> yeah, completely forgot what we were talking about. Before, uh, right, yeah, right me too. But this. I, I mean, I, I was talking about my my D and D thing. Okay. Uh, so so how the fuck did we segue from D and D to? Okay. Know. Well, anyway, we'll get back to it. Huge D and D nerd, which which I'm huge D and D nerd too. Yeah. Um. Okay. Oh, this is why our planning. We're trying to plan the episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is months ago. I mean, I started this podcast. December, and I basically asked everyone I know, or I just put a general message out like, hey, would y'all be interested? And you're mm-hmm. like, yeah, but my schedule's weird right now, so yeah. we'll just have to see. So I was like, all right, cool. So I was like, whenever you have a weekend off, or if I notice you have a weekend off, I'll mention it, and we'll try to get it going. So I saw that he was cooking last weekend. Yeah. So, and then... And that was on Friday. Well, I cooked Thursday. We served yeah, Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but and anyway, I, and I was passed out by five. You were you were busy that <laughs> you were busy that weekend. But I dropped I dropped two episodes last week, which is something new because I've been dropping like one every couple weeks. Yeah, that's I was able. Reasonable. Well, I was able to time it to where I had two, and I was very happy about that. So I'm I'm trying to get more episodes out for the listeners. Mm-hmm. So um, I just need more people, more people. I have some lined up. I have more <laughs> ready to go. I just. Look, if y'all want to talk to me for like three hours, <laughs> I'll buy you a six pack of beer. Like, hit me up, uh, women, people of color. Like, I need some diversity on this thing. I've been talking to a bunch of white guys uh, and some Hispanic guys. Right. And while I'm not a huge like SJW when it comes to diversity, like I just want a different frame of mind from a different outlook. Sure. That's what the podcast is about. Me talking to people one on one. And us having connections and just kind of showing people these connections 
And even if we disagree or agree, whatever, like we can be cordial and get along. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if you know that. You really do need to talk to Eric then. Oh, he's on the list. Oh, he needs to. He be. was one of the first ones. <laughs> and he wants, like, my first episode was with my, with my old school teacher and, and, like, family friend, Mr. Kidder. And he wants to do, like, a three way uh, podcast episode with him. Oh, really? Yeah, well, well Kidder, Tortured Earth. Remember Tortured Earth? Yeah, of course. Kidder created Tortured Earth. Right. And episode one, which you should listen to. Yeah. When you, whenever you get a chance, is me and Kidder, we talk about how we know each other, but we talk about Tortured Earth. And then also, for the listeners and for you, we are developing a podcast for Tortured Earth. Oh, really? Uh, we've already we recorded some stuff, but somewhere along the way, the sound stuff, one of the mics was off, another one was, was faulting. So we're going to record some more stuff. As soon as it drops, I will let everyone know. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to listen. I am a character on there. It's... um. Called an Alorn, which is basically like a deer-like character. I'm a badass, you know. <laughs> you know, but basically, it's a role-playing game. Uh, yeah. we, we, everyone who's listened, if if you haven't listened to the episode one, please do. Um, and the podcast will take us through a campaign, and it's for y'all to enjoy listening to us play, but also it's instructional on how to play. Mm-hmm. So we'll have different things that we do, and in the podcast, we'll explain why we're doing it or how we're allocating stuff so y'all can learn. And also, y'all going to listen to us have some fun. I've so, played a few different systems since my D&D career, and I always fall back to D&D. But I mean, I, I, st- I still play I, so D&D. I actually, just like I did with D&D, creating this spreadsheet and all that, mm-hmm. there was another, there's a Marvel game. Yeah. It's a role-playing game based mm. on Marvel Universe. Gotcha. With the wonkiest mechanics. Really? And me and uh, one of my D&D buddies actually teamed up. I mean, I, I got the basis of it, but then he came in with some of the more advanced calculations that I couldn't figure. And uh, we developed a whole spreadsheet for that mm-hmm. Marvel Universe. And then we all stopped playing. That's <laughs> now, the usually, guy that, it's usually how it happens. The guy that was dungeon that that was DMing it uh, in his defense, that he had a he had a second or third stroke. Oh wow, yeah, that's he's rough. Suffering man. pretty hard from that. Right. So that sucks. Um, you know, much love to him. We don't hate him for it at all. You know, it's I'm understandable. Still, I'm still like, yeah, so yeah, glad yeah. that we developed it. I need to put it out on the internet so that people you should. use it. You should. Um, but that said, man, like even with Tortured Earth, right? So we, we you look at what I do with Dungeons and Dragons. We have about, I think we're about fifty six strong right now. Yeah. So let, let's let's dive into it a little bit so they understand. This is a Discord server. It, yeah. So it's okay. a Discord server where we play Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. You can go on D and D Beyond and create a character. You don't even have to go on D and D. You you don't have to, but but it's easier it at is. least to me when and, I did it because I even though I don't play on it like I, I wanted to. Um, you can make a character, submit it to the server. Yeah. They approve it. Now you're this character, yep. and you're role-playing through Discord. And they yeah. have events. They have lobbies that, kind of like your tavern. You had a tavern that you mm-hmm. were running. You can go in there. You can role-play with Mr. Chance here as the tavern keeper. And, yep. And do all kinds of stuff. You can have combat. Uh, there's certain ways to level up. Um, I love the idea. I just didn't have – I don't oh, know it what it was. Oh, it takes a ton of time. It, like, I don't have the time, and – I don't know if you want to call me a traditionalist. I like I like sitting there with a character sheet at a table with people. I like it too. But but here's the thing. <laughs> I'm not knocking it. No. It's if you have a life and you're busy and you can't find a group of people that are willing to schedule a date once a month, mm-hmm. 
This Discord server is a great idea. This allows so, you to scratch your itch while still maintaining your life as it is. It's what you would call play by post, right? You yes. and I are sitting here right now talking, having doing this little podcast, and at the same time, the server is running. Yeah. There's people right now interacting with each other. Yep. There's people right now doing combat and things mm-hmm. like that. And stuff that even that I'm inter that I'm involved in, yep. or even stuff that I might be running, they might actually be running their characters through a, a combat event that I've put together. Yeah. But all the while, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be there to monitor every step. Yeah. I will come in after this is over and I'll go review whatever they've done up to my turn, you know, up to yep. the monster's turn. Yep. And I'll and I'll go fill in the blanks, you know. Yeah, and it's it's a step by step thing and then so you have a one a, a brave bot or whatever, right? Is that what you're gonna touch Avery? on? Avery? Oh. Yeah. I mean, Avery's pretty common throughout. It's not that's not our bot. It's not. But okay. I, I'll get well, into that. I'm not so, saying y'all created it. I'm saying it's a useful tool for what we, you're doing. But we did create a bot. Oh, y'all did. Not that one, but we did create a bot. Oh, okay. So I'll get yeah. into that. Um, so, but but the idea is that you can let things happen. I it, it, combat one combat session might take us three days. Yeah. But you only get in one session every two weeks, every month. Yep. Maybe, right? Yep. I might get in what is worth a session in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Every two weeks, though. It's so much more consistent than what you can get in scheduling a group. Yeah. It feels slower because things will start happening, mm-hmm. and you want them to keep happening. You're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Things are getting exciting. Yeah, yeah. And I want, I want to see what happens next. And then you're like, ah, it's the next person's turn. Yep. But that next person lives in Europe. Yeah. And they're sleeping. They're right. sleeping right <laughs> So and then, wait and then they, they gotta go. wake up and go to work, and then after that, when they get home, maybe they'll have time. And maybe they won't. So every once in a while, you'll have some collective times where a lot of things will happen, and then you'll be on standby for a little while. But at the end of the day, we get a lot done. Yeah. And it's um, it really is a pleasure. Not only that, but because we work through text, not voice. Yep. There's not a single voice channel on that Discord yep. server. It doesn't mm-hmm. exist. Yeah. It should be text, I think. Everything through text is through your character's voice. Mm-hmm. And you can express that voice through descriptive text. So I might I put what I say in quotations. And behind that, I will say, so my character's name is Udo. Mm-hmm. He's a warforged. He used to be a cleric. Now he's a paladin due to some things that happened, you know? Yeah. But so uh, he's a paladin. So he's a warforged paladin. He's very large. He has a booming voice. I don't. <laughs> I don't have a booming yeah, voice. But you my can voice, caps lock the fuck out of that, though. Right? I mean, I can say in descriptive text right after the quotations, uh, you know, Udo, Udo says in his um, somber tone or whatever. Yeah. You know, like I can, yeah, and you can narrate. I can really say what he's saying mm-hmm. in a way that is much more uh, in character mm-hmm. than I could ever do in real life. Yeah, I'm not a vo- I'm not a voice actor. Yeah, me. <laughs> I'm not. I and and I find that a lot of D and D happens out of character, and that's okay. At oh, the table, oh, definitely. At definitely. the table, I'm totally fine with that. I would rather at the table in a voice game be able to say, "Yeah, yeah, he says this something along these lines," and let the 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 imagination fill in his the character. Gaps. Yeah. But I really like that in this play by post format in Discord that we can use descriptive text to really play out the character's voice yeah. and get a feel for who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that. But and, and 
as you talk, as you mentioned, we do have the bot Avery. That is a not our bot. That is, yeah. Yeah. It was created by a group, and then it was actually bought out by D and D Beyond. Oh, okay. So D and D Beyond bought out Avery, and now their integration is better than anything. Yeah, I've yeah. I've been messing before. around with it because I pay for all of my D and D content through D and D Beyond. Mm-hmm. It all is connected to Avery, and because I have all that content unlocked, I can access it through the bot. Mm-hmm. So if I want to look up a monster, I can literally type exclamation mark monster. Galabrazoo. Yeah. And it pulls up all this, the character, the whole sheet for the yeah, monster. That's pretty awesome. Not like only it. that, but because I pay for the master subscription uh-huh. for D&D Beyond, everybody within my campaign has access to everything I have access to. Gotcha. And they have access through, to mm-hmm. it through Avery. So because of that, our server can thrive and can take advantage of all of those benefits. Yes. Uh, so they've done a really good job with it. I, I mean, in my opinion. They've done a really, really good job with it. The integration's been perfect. Um, but we do have our own bot, which our, so our server's called Blind Prophecy, and our bot is called the Prophet. You know, uh, so the what we do is we run a whole database, which is actually just a Google Sheet. It's not really a database. It should be. <laughs> As we've discussed many times, it should be a database, but it's not. Right now, it's a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can I can work with spreadsheets. I can't work with databases. Yeah. So I did a lot of work on developing the, the spreadsheet. It was co- it was a collection of people though. There's a there was a five of us that actually built this whole thing from yeah. the ground up. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we built the spreadsheet, and then we have a bot now with Alicia. Is our coding coder now? Gotcha. Nick is the guy that actually started the bot, mm-hmm. built the groundwork, the framework for it. But once Alicia started working with us on it, she took it to the next level. I got you. Yeah. And I mean, she does amazing work with it. Uh, to the point where it, it now assigns roles, it creates rooms, mm-hmm. it channels, it, it uh, gives people. It'll take a collection of people, give them a role, and then reward them at the end of it with a single command line. Yeah. It, it's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I, there's nothing else like it out there in mm-hmm. this whole D&D community. I guarantee mm-hmm. you, you will not find another server that has that box. That's pretty awesome. Uh, uh-huh. Let's take an intermission, quick intermission. Sure. And then we'll start on the next section. All right. We're back from our intermission. More beer, more... Uh, Whiskey, Whiskey Reserve. Whiskey Reserve. Um, I really had Bourbon. to pee. Bourbon. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Bourbon. Really had to pee. So we had to take a little break there. I broke the seal early on, and, and I'm regretting it right now. You went 55 minutes. That's solid. That's not bad. That's enough time for me to get from here to my house, essentially, <laughs> yeah. when I drive home later tonight, when I sober up. I'm not really drunk, though. I'm just loose. That's good. Uh, but we were talking about your... Your uh your Discord server and the badass bot y'all made um mm-hmm. and as someone who's run countless D and D campaigns at this point I did a lot of one shots I did a couple actual like you know constant same story same people kind of things but they always fizzle out it's hard that's why I ran one shots for a while because it's yeah. so hard to get the same people together and then 
you have the newer people who are like, I'm going to make a dozen characters and only be able to use one. I'm, I mean, I love making a good character. Character creation is fun. But Especially with D&D Beyond. I could, go ahead and say I that. could spend a whole hour of your podcast right here reading you one backstory right exactly. now. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're one of those, I'm going to write a novel for my backstory so, kind of people, right? It, I am. Yeah. So, like, that that whole, like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. Yeah. It oh, includes oh, character creation. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, one of one of the members of our server actually branched off and made a little private server where he's the DM, mm-hmm. and he's got five players. Yeah. Or six players, and he's running a campaign for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, it's not like a community server like, like Blind Prophecy is. And he invited me to it, so I joined in, and whenever I was done writing the backstory, I was just like, what <laughs> happened one those, here? one of those backstories where you have to scroll down for a while <laughs> to read all of it. Exactly. Yes, yes. I actually spent a whole hour to an hour and a half reading it to my mm-hmm. wife one night, yeah. laying in bed. I just I just read it to her, and you know she likes to hear what I write, because it's literally the only creative outlet I have. Yeah. I can't. I mean, I I can't do artwork. I can't do anything really. No, but it, I mean, it scratches the itch, right? But I, mean, I can write, okay. and uh, I think that's why I'm really drawn to Dungeons and Dragons because that's what it is. It's this out of the box creative thinking where you you know you basically write. I mean, normally it's in real time. Yeah. But for us, it's it's literally writing. Um. And, and some of these people, some of the writers on our server are so exceptional that it is an actual joy to read their content, to read what they're putting out there. And, and we encourage that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, because it, it brings flavor to the server. And then also just, I mean, from D&D player to D&D player, I love seeing new stuff, new mm-hmm. ideas. I mean, reading books. You know, is one of those things like different magic systems, or um, like I joke about. Okay, so I just got done reading um, the interview of the Vampire trilogy by Anne Rice. Really? So I went and read them, and it's it's because you had the movies, right? And I talked yeah. about this in other podcast, uh, other episodes. But like, you have Interview of the Vampire, and you have Queen of Them. <laughs> well, the books, there's a middle book called The Vampire Lestat. Yeah. And you find out that Lestat's not nearly the asshole you thought he was in an interview with a vampire. Mm-hmm. The way they portray him is just not what he is. He's actually very... He's, he's way more like Louis than you think. Because yeah. Louis is extremely empathetic and also just suffering. Whereas Lestat's like that, but Lestat eventually embraces the fact that he's a vampire. Um, it's, it's a great book. It's a great trilogy. Um, really well written. I liked how she portrayed the vampires, their mythology, mm-hmm. their powers, everything. And but I also look at Twilight, which is sparkly vampires. Man. And it's so hard to get past that. But it's so hard. Okay, the writing of the books are or the writing's like an eighth grader wrote them. You know, seventh grader wrote them. It gets better with the last couple books, but which like Which ones? The Twilight books. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Twilight the first book. Well, they're young adult fiction. They are, but the I mean, the woman who wrote them was not a young... No, but she well, wrote she them... she might have been a young adult, maybe. She wrote... No, no, she was an okay. adult, but she okay. wrote them for targeting yeah, yeah, young yeah, yeah. adults. I know, but the, the writing style wasn't amazing. But my point is, A, 
The movies are actually good. They hold up. I watched them recently within like the last year. They're actually good. If I looked at them with a critic's eye and I was like, you know what? These are actually good. They're not bad. They're not amazing. They're good. Solid story. But I do enjoy the different take on what a vampire is, which is my point I'm trying to get to. Yeah. The sparkly part, not so much. But the they can be out in sunlight. They have powers. The powers are different. How they feed. Their eye color. It's just a different take. This was played up in so many different TV shows now, though. So, I mean, there's that. There's Vampire Diaries. Well, I mean, I, um, I, haven't, I haven't watched Vampire Diaries or read them. Um, I watched it because my wife watched it. And I heard they were good. I was I playing know. video games while she was watching. It's a soap opera. Oh, that's okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, that's most mostly what it is. And look, there's no question about it. Hey. Twilight is a, romantic, a romanticization from a woman's point of view of vampires. Yeah, I mean... And it's fine. And I'm, look, all I'm my D&D is, server yeah. has... Has it, that, It right? has soap yeah. operas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah, are people that play yeah. out yeah. entire relationships. Yeah. My, my point is, is I can enjoy the different. I don't necessarily have to like the different, but I can enjoy a different take on something that's been around for hundreds of years, really. Yeah, sure. And that's my point. Well, have you watched Preacher? I have watched Preacher, yes. That's a different take on it. That is a different... I like that. That's a more gritty take. Oh, that's man, a more, I love it. That's more of a monster film. It really is. Um, I love that show. It's a great... It's, it's yeah. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, and I mean, I've, I've watched and read... I mean, we all have grown up on fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula. And, yeah. Uh, even Stephen King's versions of it. And, and Yeah. You know, from dawn till dusk, and I mean, love it, yeah, yeah. There's tons of shit. And I, I love all the different iterations. I mean, I, I like darker fiction. I really well, do. me too. I like the darker tones too. Uh, I mean, like Queen of the Damned or uh, Underworld is one of my favorite like little movie genres as far as vampires are concerned. Vampires like oh, yeah, fighting. Too. I mean, you know, a hot ass Kate Beckinsale, whatever yeah. you want to call. Uh, that's her name. Yeah, yeah, that's her name. Uh, you got it. You know, <laughs> but the gothic feel to it. You know, it's definitely more my genre. I think what? that all of the I think I really like strife in my fiction. Um, I like to see people suffer <laughs> in my fiction, and, and I mean, and overcome. Suffering it. creates character, and overcome yeah, it in yeah, the yeah, end. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's when it ends on a bad note, and you're like, "All oh, that suffering," and they, they just they got killed. This is unfortunate. I've read some stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. It's rough. It's rough, bro. Yeah. It's like fuck. Really? Is this how you're gonna end it? Is this how you're going to end it? I mean, look. It's okay. like closure, so, but the worst kind. <laughs> on, that, on that note, right? American yeah. God starts out where this dude is in prison. Yeah. And a week before he gets out of prison, mm-hmm. they tell him that his wife dies. Yeah. Yeah. His and wife has been holding out the whole time. Not only does she die, though. Mm-hmm. She dies with his best friend's dick in her mouth. Yep. So, that is how this show, yeah. this yeah. book opens. Yeah, it's how it starts. Oh, and it doesn't end with that. No, it's so funny. She's not even dead. I mean, technically she is. But she's undead. She's undead. There's a difference, but yeah. Oh, God. It's a good show. So this is why I love Neil Gaiman. I really love his more adult works. Neil Gaiman actually branches through graphic novel novels and then all the way over to children's novels. Really? Coraline. Is no game is worth. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Coraline. Coraline is a, a good movie. It, I, I my think kids it was a novel. First. My kids 
My kids watched it with uh, Noah because Noah likes horror stuff. He loves it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and and then like we got home and it was on Netflix for a while and they would watch Coraline and I'm like all right yeah it can be scary it's, it's, it's scary it's, it's, cre- it's creepy yeah whether it's scary or not it's creepy <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so I mean I just I think I really just like that darker fiction I'm I mean sitting here talking to you I'm looking at a book series that I still haven't finished but I bought the whole series and I really do like it um. KJ KJ Parker, Devices and Desires. Um, uh, See this one here. Let's see. Oh, I'll just read this and I'll suck it back. Go ahead, read it. All right, KJ Parker is more of a hurricane than a breath, than a breath of fresh, fresh air. Uh, when an engineer is sentenced to death for a petty transgression with guild law, he flees the city, leaving behind his wife and daughter. Forced into exile, he seeks terrible vengeance. One that will leave a trail of death and destruction in his wake. But he will not be able to achieve this by himself. He must draw up his plans using the blood of others. This is the extraordinary tale of a man who engineers a war to be reunited with his family. Like, yeah. That's the kind of shit yeah, that I want to read. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, and I, like, I read a lot of fantasy. And then I read, I read sci-fi also. And there's some dark sci-fi out there, too. Um, so, what's that show on Netflix? I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> You're going to have to tell me. Dark sci-fi. Come on, man. Skins and sleeves. Oh, um... Fuck. I was just... I'm listening to the story right now. I'm listening to the ebook right now. Oh, are you? Okay, um... It just came out with a second season, right, on Netflix? It has Anthony Mackie as, like, the... I know yeah. who you're talking about. What the fuck is the name of that? It's a good... It was a good series, the first season, anyway. Let me just pull up Audible, and it's going to be, just, like, right Just pull there. it up. Yeah. It'll be okay. It's, it's... Altered Carbon. Altered Carbon. Great show. Yeah, so Altered Carbon, reading... Well, listening to e-books right now. Mm-hmm. To the Audible. Did you watch the TV, like, the, the Netflix? It was the Netflix okay. TV show that yeah. really drew me in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after I found out that it was based on a book, I was like, I've got to go yeah. listen to this book. Yep. Yeah. Or I'm, I say listen these days because, like I said, it's so much easier. It's more accessible for me to actually listen yeah, to books okay. than to read them. Hmm. If you do a lot of driving and stuff like that, um, yeah. you know, or if you just have if you need black background noise that you can listen to, but still do what you, you know. So my normal like routine is I wake up in the morning because whenever I'm not working on shore, now I can stay at home. Yeah. Um, I wake up in the morning and I'll go clean the kitchen. Yep. That's like my thing for the day. That's my contribution to the household. I'm you. going to do the dishes. I'm going to clean the countertops. I'm going to mop, whatever. I'm going to clean the kitchen. Yeah. By the time my wife gets home, the first thing she sees is the kitchen. She's going to see a clean kitchen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, I take out the trash. Yeah. That's what I do. I do that too. <laughs> um, but, but I I mean, I don't have a day job whenever I'm home. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. But. Oh, if I was home, like, consistently, my house would be a lot cleaner than yeah. it is. So while I'm doing that, though, I usually either watch anime mm-hmm. or I listen to ebooks. Okay, we have to hit anime in a little while. Go ahead. We can hit anime right now, but okay. no, like, but we'll that's what finish, I do. Finish your story. Then, I yeah. put on, I put on anime or I listen, listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, I mean, so the, so being able to get content in is just so much more accessible that way mm-hmm. because I can multitask. Yeah. And I'm a multitask fanatic. Yeah. It is very difficult Which, for me today with all the entertainment that we have available to us, with all of the activities that I have available to me to stop and open up a book. Mm-hmm. I wish it wasn't that way. I it's, really love it, reading. It is hard. It <laughs> I is really hard. Love I, reading. Like, I agree with you. It's hard to, to, to carve out that time. Uh, I, like it's a sacrifice to read. So like <laughs> I because I listen to podcasts pretty much all day when I'm at work. Mm-hmm. So like they, they let me as long as I have just one earbud in. Mm-hmm. What I did was is for Christmas I bought I bought I finally bought like some Bluetooth heads headset that sits on my neck and just plugs in, you know. So I just plug one side in. As long as I can hear the other side in case someone calls me or something, I can listen. Because they normally have radios playing at the other pl- like stations in, in our warehouse. But uh, mine doesn't have a radio. So nice. like, and I'm by myself a lot. So Good. this gives me a chance. So I listen to podcasts. I would, I would definitely do this. All day. I mean, Joe Rogan. Um, I do fantasy football. So like CBS Fantasy, um, Critical Role. For D and D, Dungeons and Daddies for D and D, great show. Um, yeah. They have another one I, I found on TikTok. It was like Crit Twenty, I think, or Roll Twenty. Roll Twenty no, is it Roll Twenty? Roll Twenty is an application, a okay, web based no. application. Well I'm, talking, well, I'm talking about it's an actual podcast. Crit um, Roll. It's not Crit Roll. It's it's a it's a different one. I just say oh. I say Crit, crit Roll. I'm gonna find it right now. Hmm. Uh, I listen to that. Um, I recently came across, um, yeah, it's There's a ton of Twitch D and D sessions. Oh there, yeah. Yeah. This one's, so let's see. I said dungeons and daddies where you got, uh, dimension 20. So okay. it's called. And they have a bunch of like short stuff on TikTok Cause TikToks are like a minute long, I think. And, uh, it's funny. Like the TikToks are funny, so it makes me want to listen. And so far, it's, it's good. Uh, so I listen to that. Uh, Mark Sanchez. I don't. Know, he's a, he's a quarterback. NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he played for the Jets. He's famous yeah. for the butt fumble. Yeah. And uh, he has a podcast called Fourth and Forever, and he sits down with current athletes, rookies, old coaches, and just talks to them about football. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, I mean, as someone who played six years of football, plays fantasy football, I love it. It's awesome. Of course. And Mark Sanchez is actually, he's pretty good at it. Personable person. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, he talks well, which he's hes a college announcer, I think. Like, he's a game day announcer on one of the networks. I forget which one, but that's a good podcast. Um, but the point is, is like I work eight, nine hours a day. Dude, I would. I listen to podcasts all day. I would eat that up. Oh, and that's what I do. Uh, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't. Like, I'd be, I'd have a backlog. You know, <laughs> I have a backlog. Yeah, and, and then, like reading, most of my reading is done on my lunch break. I, Which, I get an hour lunch, so I will eat and read at the same time. That, that's a choice, though, for me. You know, like I have a lot of day to spend. Usually, after I'm done with my my morning routine of cleaning the kitchen and watching anime. I will go sit down on my laptop on the couch, and that's whenever I delve into the D&D server, mm-hmm. and I catch up on everything that I need to catch up on, and I then I'll dabble into Genshin Impact a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I'll go back to the D&D server until my wife comes home. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Or until like, something else. That, well, at least it's not I mean, go to Costco. you're still being productive, so yeah. it's fine. Um, oh, if there's something else I need to do, I go do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. As long as I there's nothing that I need to do, that's what I do. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Oh. Um, and I love it. And I, I love writing stories. Uh, I've written... So I was, you know, for the wedding, I I, I actually left the Dionysia, right? I didn't leave it, leave it, but I... You were like, look, I need to take a, a leave of absence. I told uh, everybody, I was like, look, I got, I can't be, I can't do this right now. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna leave for a little while till I get, till everything calms down. Once everything calmed down, and I was working offshore pretty regular, offshore I have so much time to kill. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> and yeah, uh, no, I mean, sometimes y'all are out there for days waiting for them to be ready for you yeah. to do what you gotta do. So I hit one of those spurts, and I was like, hey, how's everything going? They're like, oh, it's great. Why don't you come back? And I was like, all right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, shit, where was I going with that? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I spent a whole lot of time just kind of delving into that. Yeah. Writing is what you were talking about. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So whenever I came back, I was like, my character had also been stagnant. Mm-hmm. While the, the server was growing yeah. and all this, um, yeah, my yeah, character yeah. was also really stagnant. So I was like, how can I explain this? And it was this story that had always been on my mind for the character. And okay. it, actually, that story was playing out in my mind before I ever went and joined the server. Yeah. Again. yeah. That's what made me ask them, mm-hmm. what's going on? You know? Um, and it was a story because my character is. Would, would, have you ever played Eberron yet? So you mostly play Forgotten Realms, probably. Yeah. Understandable. You and I both read the whole Dred Stewart series. Yep. It's actually how yeah. you and I started I think, connecting on fantasy novels. I think I'm like one or two books shy away from the the, the, the most current ones. Yeah, I'm, I might be I read, a little further back than you. I read the first one. You need to make sure not not the three that came out recently, but the three before that. You need to read those. Okay. If you haven't. <laughs> There's some shit that goes down with Dred that uh is different from anything he's had to do with. I think, I think this is all I've read. Gone Room? No, it's after uh, that, bro. Okay. So, anyway, so... It might, it might I had this story in my mind for Udo. He's a Warforged, yeah. which means he's mechanically built. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a big misconception about Warforged. He's not a robot. Warforged are not robots. Mm-hmm. They're actually built of... Mostly organic materials like wood-like fibers make up mm-hmm. the muscle structures. Stone makes up most most of the bone type structures, mm-hmm. and uh, there is metal, of course, in there. But the fibrous things—it's it, all mostly organic. Yeah. Especially in D and D five fifth edition. Before that, it was a little different, but in fifth edition, they're mostly organic. And uh, but they're they're built as adults. Mm-hmm. They don't have childhood. Yeah, yeah. You know, there is no they're they're built knowing a lot of things that make them who they are. Mm-hmm. As soon as they come into Existence. the world, yeah. they already know how to talk. Mm-hmm. They already know their languages. They already know how to fight. Yeah. As soon as they're built, because they were built for war. Mm-hmm. That's why I call war forge. Well, for Udo, he was built to be a cleric. So that was all he ever knew. Yeah. And whenever I had to fill in that gap. Um, there was this story that always, the, the, the character image I use 
has chains wrapped around his legs and arms. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I have to have a story to back up those chains, right? Mm -hmm. So I built the story in my mind, but I never actually brought it to the server. Yeah. So whenever I came back, I used that story to explain his absence. And basically, he got kidnapped Mm -hmm. um, by a group of terrorists called the Order of the Emerald Claw, which is a very common order or mm-hmm. a terrorist group okay, gotcha. in, in Eberron. By the way, in comparing Eberron to Forgotten Realms, I really think you'll like Eberron. Okay. It's much more Pulp Fiction, much more... Okay, I gotcha. <clears throat> it's a little bit more darker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I like that, so go ahead. I'm so sorry I said more darker. It's a little bit darker. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> so, uh, Eberron is absolutely amazing. I think you would really like it. Um, so, basically the story is, he got kidnapped by the Emerald Claw. And their whole thing is that they are all about finding the divinity within. Because they're an offshoot terrorist group of a religion called the Blood of Vol. Mm-hmm. And the blood of all, they seek out the divinity within. They believe that all creatures on the planet carry divinity. There is no external gods. Okay. The only god, the only divinity, the only divine is all within you. Okay. And that divinity is connected to all others. Uh, so he got kidnapped by this group of terrorists that offshoot from that religion. And they brainwashed him and okay. he's warforged so he feels pain but it's different yeah he doesn't eat they do not require yeah. sustenance they don't require drink or food in any way so which means they don't excrement not only that they don't sleep they go through what's called the century's rest which means that they just go inert for a little bit but mm-hmm. they're still fully aware of their surroundings yeah so imagine how bad it is to be in isolation as a human being who has to eat, sleep, excrement, mm-hmm. they have things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Processes. Now, now take that and put it on a creature that is completely abstained from any of that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that has got to be the most torturous thing for a being of that mag- uh, that that exists that way. Yeah. Absolute eternity, a month of just staring at a wall. Literally nothing yeah, else yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And without even the knowledge of how to entertain oneself, because you never had a childhood. I was like, so they, so the idea is that they tried to brainwash him. And in the process, they chained him to a wall. And this is where it gets dark, right? So he's strong. He's mm-hmm. a strong character. He's mm-hmm. big. And uh, so he would always pull against the chains to try to break them. But they're made of adamantine, so they, they don't yeah. break. Yeah. You know, um, so he's like, pulling against the chains. He's racking him against the wall. He's keeping him taunt against the wall whenever he's... The the few times that he talks to someone, which, by the way, he ends he ends up, of course, treasuring the time that his torturer walks into the room. Yeah, obviously. Because this is the only interaction yeah, it's he Stock, gets. It's Stockholm Syndrome. Like, yeah. So hard. he ends up treasuring that moment. and uh, But by the end of it, whenever he finally breaks a little bit, they open up the second door. There's two doors in the room. They open up the second one, and they leave. And they the chains fall off for a moment. Mm-hmm. And he walks into the next room, and he sees a pile of corpses. And then up against the wall, on the opposite side of where he's at, he sees two human beings, 
well, I think it was an elf and a human being, chained around the neck to a shackle on the other end of the chains that he's been chained to. Oh, shit. So the entire time that he's been in his isolation, he's been racking his chains against the walls. He's been killing people. Yeah. And he had no idea. Oh, that's so their, fucked. Their heads are being bashed in against God. the wall every time he racks it. Oh, that's some saw shit. It's so awesome, though. demented. And, and it's I mean, awesome, but it's so crazy. And it breaks him. Mm-hmm. Utterly breaks him. So whenever he came back, he was a cleric. And after this transition, some things happened with the mechanics of his cleric class that caused us to actually ban that class mm-hmm. because it was a little... To be honest with you, is terribly overpowered. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. So, but it, it was okay for me because I kind of wanted to transition him anyway. And yeah. I transitioned him into, he lost his faith mm-hmm. in that hole. Because yeah. he lost access to his divinity. They Basically, it was a zone of anti-magic. Okay, gotcha. And so he had no, because he's a cleric. Yeah. Chains don't hold a cleric. No. They have divine magic. Yeah. He just breaks that shit, right? Mm-hmm. No. It, it was obviously a yeah, yeah, Zone yeah, 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 logically speaking. It was. Um, so he lost his, he lost his connection to the divine. He lost his faith in a big way. He still believes, but he's no longer willing to serve. Yeah, as a cleric, mm-hmm. but he's a paladin now, and he now has an oath of vengeance against the Emerald Claw. Okay, yeah. so that's how he transitioned into it. But yeah, it was some really dark shit. Yeah, I like how they changed like the oaths for the paladins. Um, in five E, yeah, it's it's great. It's it's a better way to run that that class anyway. Um, it gives you some room to flex. Yeah, hold on to your oath, but like still be your own character. Yeah, and it kind of comes back. Which to, I mean, it's whatever. Like a good DM can can work with you. Uh, absolutely. Like we're we're running an underdark campaign with CJ, and he's the DM. And um, this is the first time I've had like a fully evil character. Like it's an evil it's so campaign hard for me to do. Like we've had it. we've it's had to run we've had to run from Baphomet. Like <clears throat> that's some crazy shit. Well, my character is a warlock, but now he's a necromancer. Mm. Like we did some uh, we did a job for a twilight dragon, and he gave me the Necronomicon, mm-hmm. which allows me to summon summon undead zombies or or skeletons. Still a warlock. I just it's a pact. I was a pact of the tome warlock. Nice, yeah. And then I transitioned that to a pact of of the Necronomicon. Oh, that's cool, man. So, and he worked with me on that because I told him what I want to do. But I was like, look, Warlock is not a class that's suited towards necromancy. Wizards is is the class. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be a wizard. I want to be a warlock. So what can we do? And he's like, well, they have some, They, you know, they have uh, people create shit online all the of time. Course. So they had a, um, you know, randomly made pact of, of uh, the undead, which we just named it the Necronomicon because it was yeah. cool. And basically... Just once a day, I can summon up to the. It's so many undead per my levels, just depending mm-hmm. on that. So like right now, it's three. So I can summon. I summon up to three skeletons, mm-hmm. and then the pack I would allows. Probably just link it to proficiency bonus. It's the easiest way it's, to do that. that. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. And then um, I can add where where my warlock level comes in is I can add my warlock level. Plus my constitution bonus to their HP, so it gives mm-hmm. them a buff, so they're a little bit tougher. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. The only that's other, great. Yeah. The only other caveat to it is, um, I asked them if I can get like the school of ne- necromancy perk, which is basically if you do necromantic damage, uh, you get half that back in life. Because my guy wants to be a necromancer. Necrotic damage. Yeah, yeah. necrotic. It's just specific necrotic damage. 
and you do necrotic damage, you'll get that back at life. Which I don't have a whole bunch of ne- necrotic spells, but I have uh, Vampiric Touch mm-hmm. and Kate. My my guy's hey, more for a warlock. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say this in Dungeons Dragons Five E, Ranger is the least powerful class. Mm-hmm. After him, though, it's warlock. Yeah. Warlocks suffer, man. They're not they're, super powerful. Okay, they are so cantrip artists. They're cantrip artists. Um, but I'm playing one right now. He's a good he's a good ranged guy. And uh, yeah, it'll just blast. One v one, I do a lot of like I've done a lot of damage. Like I've got more more kills than any other person in our party, mm-hmm. and we're level seven. But the gap between like five and ten. Like, we're eventually going to, like, once we get to level 10, or I think it's, like, the next big step up, like, you're going to start seeing the difference between me and the other characters as far as damage is concerned. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, so, like... Once I, wizards start getting, once wizards and sorcerers start getting, uh, like, I think it's fourth level spells. I can't remember if it's fourth or see, fifth. Well, At some point, like, whenever wizards probably, can disintegrate... Yeah. Oh, it's ridiculous. Once they hit disintegrate, like I have, crazy. like I have fourth level spells right now. The problem with warlocks is you only have two but spell you only slots. Get the two spell slots, right? But I, I get, I get them back on a short rest. That's the only, that's yeah, the thing that helps. But it's still just two. You're right. What if you only get into two combat encounters? No, in you're a right. But see, the skeletons help out a lot. Oh yeah. And and I was saying, so have you seen so, the new fathomless warlock? Mm-mm. You get a uh, a bonus action summon of a what's supposed to be a tentacle. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you could play it however you want. Oh yeah, but it's supposed to be a tentacle, and it does one d eight damage mm-hmm. and uh, slows the enemies one d eight cold damage and slows the enemies moving speed by ten feet. That's still pretty cool. Yeah, but that's a bonus action that you mm-hmm. can use every turn on top of your elder yep. class. Oh yeah. Well, and see, and that's it well, really is. And, and here's and here's what I did was this. Okay, so you're 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 packed to the tome warlock. You get uh, Eldritch Invocations, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's that's all Warlocks. Okay, that's all. Yeah, yeah, my bad. It's all Warlocks. But the point is, is, okay, so, like, my Pack of the Tome, I get extra cantrips. Mm Mm-hmm. I get a lot of extra cantrips. I get two rituals. four of them from any class. Yeah, and I get two rituals, which I can cast. Or three of them from any class. It's Mm -hmm. three. Yeah, it's three. And then if you do uh, Book of the Tomes, Eldritch, you you get two rituals. I forget which tome it or which which invocation. It I, is. I forget, but, okay, but there's there's it's but a book, yeah. book, book of shadows is what it's that's called. That's it, and book it's the most. It's one of the most commonly yes. picked up ones. It should be if but you're going to go the tome. I'm in communities at this point, yes. yeah, so yeah. I see the trends. Yeah, you see the variations. Yeah. Um, um, I like it a lot on my warlock, Fathomless warlock. I was going to take it. I'm mm-hmm. a packed up tome of the tome warlock, but I. Um, I ended up, I was going to make him the face of the group until we had a bard. And so uh, I was like, I'm going to be a bard. I'm like, cool, you be the face. Yeah. I want to build a pure hunter combat warlock. Nice. And I flavored this warlock to where he is absolutely a nature-based, mm-hmm. uh, in tune with the spirits kind of warlock. And his, his actual patron is an undersea dragon. Oh, okay. Which cool. in this world, dragons don't really exist. I gotcha. They're, well, they're mythology. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. people, if I were to tell people about it, they'd be like, what? A dragon? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're dreaming. You know? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> oh. I have that. 
And then um, I have the agonizing blast. Everybody gets which agonizing you, blast. You, sh- you should. Yeah. Um, if you if you're playing Elder's Blast, there's melee warlocks with hexblade that yeah, use no, like, booming blade. Oh yeah, no, I know, but I didn't I didn't want to go that route. Um, then I have uh, mask of many faces, mm-hmm. and that's actually one of the key role playing points of my character is he's a tiefling. Mm-hmm. Um, but he grew up in a society that hated him. He had a everybody hero. hates tieflings. Well, obviously in every world, pretty much. Pretty it's much. part of their core um, character. And but he got taken in by like a human lich. Well, a human that he found out was a lich. Okay. After he tried to kill him, Necro- he, necromancy. He makes. killed his master. Oh. And his master came back as a lich. Well. <laughs> and and um. What level did you start out as? I, I mean, I was a level one, but the the point is, is my character backstory is that is that that's point in the background. That's something that the DM can work with, you know. So, so here's one of these things where, as a DM, I'm like, no, you didn't kill a lich. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was a human. It was a human that he stabbed in the back, and the human came back as a lich. But anyway, the the point was is um because of his ostracization. By his community, he would always hide what he looked like. Right. So mask of many faces. Wherever my character goes, he he, he makes himself look like the people. And one of the un- underground towns that we go to, it's a mixture of um, Dorgar and uh, what's the other race? I can't remember the other race. It's like the, the Great Dwarves or some shit. That's Dorgar. Okay, what's the other one? I mean gnomes. Uh, rock no, homes? no, I can't. I can't remember. Anyway, so there's these two races in this underground city, and they kind of work together, but they hate each other. So like, it's not drought. It's not drought. It's so not drought. Durgar and drought are like the main. I know. Races. It's another one. I can't. I don't know. Why I can't remember. It. Mushroom people. I mean, there are mushroom people, but that's not that's not the other race. But anyway, so they they like they work together, but they hate each other. So like, we would go to different parts of the city. And my character would always change depending on where we would go. Um, that's really cool. Which is part of his background. So that's the main reason I kept it and did that because I wanted it to be part of my role playing. But I also utilized that by by um, going to innkeepers looking like their race and then um, being a warlock of a, high, a very high charisma. Yeah, of course. Obviously. And um, I would bargain to buy shit. And I probably saved our party like five thousand gold oh, yeah. up to date simply by looking like them because if you look like anyone else, they would treat yeah. you treat you like shit, stuff like that. So it's just fun, fun role playing stuff. Um, so mask of many faces, and the most recent one I got, and I can't I can't remember the name of it, but basically, so when you run a warlock, you have two spells. I I expect him to the hex or I use hex, which you should. And hex at, and agonizing at my, are okay, core. Yes, and then at, at my level, hex lasts for for uh, I think it's eight hours right now. I actually think that hex loses a lot of its strength in the later levels. Probably so. But here's the thing: so I have hex. So first round, bonus action hex. Then you can do your agonizing blast or a spell if you want, which I normally I'll save spells for like big bads, you know. So I'll mm-hmm. do agonizing blast hex, capitalize on that. Then, but after that, I have another bonus action. I can't remember what it's called, 
but basically you can do a psychic attack on a person with a bonus action. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you only have to be within 90 feet of them, and you can do it every turn. There's no limit. The funny thing is, is if you're not in combat, you can do it to anybody in the real world, and you can kill them just by being 90 feet away from them and constantly hitting them with it. It's psychic damage. You fuck with their mind, and it causes psychic damage, and you just rinse and repeat as much as you That's want. Fucked up. So basically, I have hex first round, then agonizing blast. The next round, but I don't, I don't need to cast hex again. But I can cast, and the thing is, is that other spell is a cantrip. It's a bonus action cantrip. Mm-hmm. So cantrip that spell, and you do like, I think it's like two d six of damage, psychic damage. Two d six of psychic damage. Well, if you do damage to it's him, it's a great sword. Then yeah, then your your hex pops, and then you hit him with the extra one d six. Uh, so you get an extra one d six from that, but then you hit him with your agonizing bolt, uh, agonizing blast, which the level I'm at, I think it's it's three now. It's at least two. Three, two blasts. I two blasts. Two until level ten. Okay, so, ten so it's 11. two blasts. So you hit them with the cantrip, and if you hit, I think I think it's like a whiz save or something like that. If you hit, well then that's one d six plus your two d six you did with that spell, and then you hit them with agonizing blast twice. If you hit both with those, then you get your your agonizing blast plus another. One uh, six per each. So I mean, you could stack a lot of damage if you play it right. Oh yeah, they're um, they're, they're damage dealing blasts. One v one, and then um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll say one one other combat phase we had. So I played my warlock. Um, Travis plays a wild magic sorcerer. We're underground. This shit's wild. It is, dude. The the mag the like the the random table is fun. Like mm-hmm. it's gotten us out of a jam a couple times actually. And it's all, got you into something. It's also fireball us a couple times. But my character has resistance to fire and he saved on the damage. So I would take like maybe seven damage from a fireball and yeah. like the rest of the party is singed. But anyway. So another part of it is a stone giant, like they lost control of a stone giant, it starts attacking the city. Well I cast Hunger Hadar on it. Uh-huh. Which is uh it's like a twenty foot radius uh magic circle of like pitch black with you know white tendrils grabbing at them yep at the start and end of their turn if they're in it they take 2d6 uh i don't know i don't know if it's like damage or cold damage might be cold damage whatever whatever and they're slowed in there Mm -hmm. okay so a stone giant's speed is is 20 really yeah they're slow Mm -hmm. and then so i cast that and then travis casts slow on top of that Mm-hmm. And the way the effects worth work is Hunger Hadar is um, an environmental spell, basically. Like, it's a rough terrain, where it slow, slows their actual movement, so they mm-hmm. stack. Yep. So the Stone Giant was halved and then halved again to yep. five. And the way it was traveling towards us, it had to go through the entire circle of the Hunger of Hadar. It didn't do any damage to us. Yeah, no, yeah, just... We Hunger Hadar down. It kept taking damage, and then I just Eldritch Blast. I killed it too. Eldritch Blast the fuck out of it. Downed it. I think. Yeah. I think our Paladin HDS's character, which is a, a fucking a Cobalt, a Cobalt, cobalt cleric. Ca- oh, that's a awesome. Cobalt cleric. I, I know a Cobalt cleric. called Skills. Um, he he got hit once, and that's because he went to the giant to attack it. Just because he wanted to get a hit. Because he was bored at that point. Yeah, it's pretty but much. He, he didn't want to go yeah. into your darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so we killed the stone giant, and then we also killed, like, maybe a dozen citizens that were attacking the stone giant, but my character was like, we saved you! <laughs> you know? uh, it's just fun, fun stuff like that, you know? Oh, yeah. uh, getting creative. But you're evil, and man, I've tried to play evil characters. It's not, it's not easy. Um, it's hard. It's a whole lot of not giving a fuck, I can tell you that. Uh, it's just... I, when I play D&D, I like playing different characters every time. Like, something I haven't played before. So, being evil is different. I tried. I couldn't do it. Well, it's fine. It's fine. You're I couldn't do it. You're a hero, Chance. You're a hero. I couldn't help it. You're a hero. I want. I wanted to. I, I couldn't do it. It's fine. It's fine. And, and once I accepted that, my career in Dungeons & Dragons got a lot easier. Hmm? I'm like, I want to go out there and help oh, if you're not feel, If you're not feeling it, I mean... Why play that character? You know, that's my thing. Now, I, I enjoy playing an evil character. Um, but, I mean, I think it's mostly... Um, I think my character is kind of like a lawful evil. So, he still has a, a set of guidelines. It's just more towards the I'll kill you kind of. <laughs> you know? Murder hobo type. Murder hobo type. Um, yeah, man. Okay, so... Time for anime. And I oh, have yeah. a whole lot of people I can't talk anime with because they either don't watch or don't keep up. Yeah. So, so what have you been? <laughs> so what have you been watching? I actually just watched. Uh, shit, you're gonna make me look up the name of it real I'm quick. I'm gonna but, make you look it up. Uh, it was something with a demon. It's on Netflix. Okay, and yeah, you're gonna have to do a little better than that. Um. You'd be surprised how many demon affiliated animes demon are on Slayer. Netflix. Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer. It says uh, Demon Slayer Kometsu no Yaiba. Okay. Uh, I probably slaughtered that name, that pronunciation. Yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. But that. it's Demon Slayer, yeah. and whole good, huh? Lee, good, huh? Yeah, yeah. Have you watched it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh I watched, my. It, I watched it a while back. I think I watched. I only it. watched season one. I don't know if there's more seasons. It, there's just season one right now. That's all that's out on Netflix. And I was just like, um, whole. I watched it. Shit, I watched so it. Good. Was it on Hulu? Or I have a Crunchyroll subscription that I pay for. It's like seven dollars a month, and I, and I use it because I wanted to watch Dragon Ball Super at the time. But I watch a bunch of anime. Have on you there. compared it to VRV? You need to consider okay. subscribing to BRV okay. instead of Crunchyroll. How much is BRV a month? It's going to be $10 a month. It's like the That's same thing as Crunchyroll. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it includes Crunchyroll and High Dive and a whole bunch of oh, other shit. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. BRV? Yeah. Okay. Um, but I don't know that it can. It, it has everything from Crunchyroll, but it has... As long as it has the everything shows I've that ever I watch, then that would be fine. It has everything I've ever looked okay. for. That's you know? good. Yeah. Uh, so I would definitely check out. Okay. But yeah, so I watched that on Netflix. I was, I was blown away. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also watched, uh, the ancient Magus bride recently. Okay. I haven't seen that. So that's something that I just ran across and I was like, Hey, that character looks cool. Let me check it out. Yeah. That's it's, how most anime is for me. It's a lot more, it's a lot more m- manga than it is. Gotcha. Action anime. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know what I mean? It's a yeah. lot more about the relationships mm-hmm. that that totally. take place yeah. than it is about action. There's not actually a whole lot of action in yeah. it at all. Um, Have you watched um, Parasite? Yeah. I yeah. watched Parasite a long time ago. Me too. But it's yeah. out on Netflix now. So. Once it came out on Netflix, yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot right. of people... I tried to start rewatching it, but then I, I fell asleep. Kenichi. 
Yeah. Kinichi. Uh, <laughs> what else? Have you seen Tokyo Ghoul? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Thank God somebody's watched it. I keep telling I people. fucking love it. It's amazing. It's one of my favorite anime. Once it gets up to the re-series, I was like, why did you take this step back? The third uh, the third season? Yeah, I think it's the third um, or But then it all comes it together. Was, it, it was initially, together. yeah, it was, a, well, it was confusing. It was. When you first watch it, you're like, what the fuck is going on? You like know? He was so badass, and now he's not. What yeah. happened? What happened? <laughs> but. I liked him so much better as an anti-hero. In, in hindsight, I liked what they did. It, it all took, came together in the end. Yeah. Well, in the end, it came together. But even the initial, like, okay. once once I watched it all, I digested it. I want to watch it again. Um, season one, he's innocent. Mm-hmm. Season two, he's... He embraces it. He embraces the anti-hero. Yeah. And season three is basically just the mental split. It's him going nuts, really. Yeah. If you think about it. Well, he's brainwashed. Well, pretty much. But he's he regresses. He, he regressed yeah. into... Um, a human. A human. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Um, and that's what it explores. And then he finally kind of comes out of it. Um, great anime, though. I mean, it, it is. it's it it's is one really of my well it's one of my tops. Like I, I will rewatch all of it. I've watched I rewatched some of it. Like I rewatched season one and two when season three came out. So mm-hmm. I did one, two, and then I watched season three. While we're on anime, go ahead. Just yesterday, I think I started watching Naruto again with my stepdaughter, and she started folding clothes. You started from like episode one or of Naruto, not Shippuden. Ooh, that's rough. So, it's not for me. It's for her, right? No, no, I understand. So, this is something that I can put on the TV you, while they're in the room? Late stage Naruto you can get into, but, like, Shippuden's where, even as an adult, you can you can enjoy. But go ahead, continue. Yeah, so, I, I mean, she was like, I was like, hey, you got your laundry to do. By the way, my stepdaughter's 10 years old. Yeah. Does her own laundry, mm-hmm. fixes her own breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Self-sufficient. Take care of the kids, yeah, yeah. everything. She's got her shit together. And, uh, so, but she's, I was like, hey... Do you need to do your laundry? She's like, oh, yeah. She drags it out. She starts folding her clothes. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I want to put something on that she can watch. Yeah. It wasn't 10 minutes into the first episode of Naruto, and she was just glued. Yep. And she's not a cartoon kid. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like cartoons. Yeah. She watches I mean, the Disney little stuff. I got you, but anime's, like di- anime's different. It is. In, in a way. It depends what you watch. Obviously, there are some gear, geared towards youth. Yeah. But... The anime I'm talking about is like a 14 and up, which... No, that's, the, that's what you fine. and I have been talking about. Tokyo Ghoul. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tokyo Ghoul is probably more of a, of a, of yeah. a 17. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But even Demon Slayer, like, it's TV 14 on Netflix, yeah. oh, and, yeah. I'm lo- and I'm watching this like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. It's no, gory, is different. Dude. Oh, yeah, it's, it's gory so as hell, gory. but they don't have any, any other aspects that are adult. That's why it gets away with a 14. But, like, my career in anime started with, like, Ninja Scroll. Yeah, I mean, obviously. it started with Dun- it started with Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, well, I think it, anyone, Sailor our age, Moon and Dragon anyone Ball Z. our age has seen one of those two for sure. Like, yeah. I watched Sailor Moon growing up. Before, because it when, came on when before. I had, when I had cable. Like, because it became on before Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. You were like, I want to watch Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it yeah, comes yeah. on after I get out of mm-hmm. school, but I got to watch Sailor yeah. Moon first. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously it started there, but once I got into high school, like, I found Ninja Scroll. Mm-hmm. And that shit yeah, I watched opened Scroll. my eyes to what anime could yep. be. 
This isn't just a cartoon. Mm-mm. This is some deep ass mm-hmm. shit. Did you eventually get into like Yu Yu Hakusho? Yeah, and, Yu Yu Hakusho. And, uh, and we watched that at the apartment. I, I said it wrong, but yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you had that, and then you had um, fucking what's the de- the demon uh one with Orihime? Fucking what's oh uh, Bleach? Nah, okay, I'm I'm saying the wrong thing. Fucking why I can't? Oh Inuyasha. Oh yeah 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 Inuyasha. Was one of the older kind of in that time frame ones. Bleach, Bleach was around kind of when Naruto was around. Uh, it just ended a lot. And as much yeah. as I love those, they pale in comparison to some of the more some of the older ones. No, some of the more the the more the the darker ones. And I mean, oh. I I really feel like they just able well, to tell better stories. I, you have a type, but there's there's a wider array of things that you can you but can let's express. step right so let's step away from that darkness right mm-hmm. and and look at something that's just deep have you watched Steins Gate fuck Trevor yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to write that down so I can watch it so it's Steins semicolon gate okay and it is about time travel okay and it is one of the greatest enemies I've ever watched awesome um, uh it takes place in a in a universe, and I haven't explored the entire universe yet. There's like Chaos Gate. There's a few other ones, but Steins Gate itself is fucking amazing. I'm about it. Yeah, you gotta always, check that out. I'm always willing to try a new one. Like it's, I I, I surf through anime sometimes to just be like, I wonder if this is interesting. Um, have you seen Helsing? Yeah. Yeah. Helsing. Like oh yeah, a, both of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and right. I mean obviously. It's so it goes visually without, appealing. Oh yes, and just to feel for it, obviously. Uh, full, it Meta, bring, full Metal Alchemist. Of it reminds, yeah, of course, Full Metal. Of course. It reminds me of Afro Samurai, which Afro yeah. Samurai is still one of yeah. my favorite animes. Yeah. I think Afro Samurai. I enjoy the visual ones too, though. Like those are pretty badass. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Have you watched Bleach? You said you started watching Naruto. Uh, no, I watched a lot of how, Bleach. How far did you get? Through Naruto, not talking about like with, Dude, with your stepdaughter. I can't even name. You can't. Can you, can you remember the last thing you remember that happened though? The last thing I remember was like the entire ninja core coming together to fight. I mean, talking about like the adults and the new ones and everything, and they were all coming together to fight something. And I can't even remember. What oh, the so you is. you made it through Shippuden some? Oh, a good way. Yeah, you made it. You made so, it. So I mean, through the Naruto had already war. like. Taking on one of his forms. Yeah. Where yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah. His, really sage, his sage mode, and yeah. then uh, he already fought pain. He had already gotten his sage mode, yeah. Yeah, he fought pain then. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. All that. Yeah, you're at the the uh, the great the fourth great ninja war. Probably so. How are you going to stop right there? Dude, it wasn't on purpose. <sighs> it, what happened, uh-huh. so I'll tell you what happened was I ran out of reasonably organized content. Because mm-hmm. I download all my stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, now you can watch it like the whole thing. Pretty yeah. Much. So I have the whole thing now, mm-hmm. and I could watch it, and I will. You um, be. but I almost yeah. feel like I need to start over at a point, and I don't know what that I, point I mean, is. If you're gonna do it at some bombing time with your stepdaughter, that would be cool. It's a lot of episodes to watch though. I know, whenever you're you say you, you rewatch the whole thing. I re-watch, I've watched all of Naruto plus Shippuden twice. I've watched all the movies. The only thing I'm not caught up on is Baruto. Isn't that the new one? Like that's, the new, that's, new one? That's Naruto's son. Gotcha. 
and I, I started catching up on it. Like, I got to a point where I watched it, and then I was all caught up, and then I stopped watching for a while, and then I watched it again, mm-hmm. got all caught up. Now, I'm on my third time where, like, I'm I'm probably, like, 20 episodes behind, gotcha. and I'm going to watch it now and then get up to the point, and, like, where it's at right now, they're saying it's getting really good. It's starting to get really good because it's – I'm not saying it's bad, but Naruto has the feel that early Naruto had, which is more childlike, more kiddish, and you're you're learning these characters and you're exploring the world as it is right now, and Naruto's a side it's story. It's so developed, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, like I said, it's not bad, but, like, you're – it feels like you regressed. Yeah. You know, from Shippuden, which you have. In all honesty. And it's all character, but like they have to build characters. So can't just throw characters in there. Like you have to build them up and that's what they're doing. Yeah. But they're saying it's starting to get really, really good. Something just occurred to me and I I mean, I know we're kind of probably running out of time, so I have have to I have to throw this in there. Go ahead. And I'm sure you've watched it. Uh guy, now I forget the name. Kogias. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Holy shit. with uh with Lelouch. Yes. Yeah, I watched it. That is such a good anime. The ending was the most. I'm like, you, you, so right. You a fucking man, bro. What? The ending was so. What are you doing? Watch it. Oh god, Kogias was amazing. Watch the whole thing. It's only three seasons, I think. Yeah, it's not. It's not very long as far as. But they packed so much valuable content into it, Mm -hmm. and. I think, like, the only, like, filler episode is the one where they're chasing the cat. It doesn't matter. And, and that was, like, the only... I don't... I don't... It depends what filler is. Like, Naruto has filler, but its filler develops some of the side characters. So... I, yeah. It's not absolutely. as bad. It's not the plot, but you get to have see you ever, something. Have cool. you ever watched Samurai Champloo? Yeah. So, like, there was two episodes. The baseball episode and something else that was right there alongside mm-hmm. it. There was literally two episodes, and they were clearly 100% filler. Yeah. Because, like, there was a there's a story, 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 baseball. What? And then something else. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. what it is. Oh, and then back um, to story. They go right back to the story. What, what was it? Was it Naruto? Like, they'd have an episode where it was a festival episode. Yeah, they always have a festival. And so, like, they'd have <laughs> the characters, and it's a festival, and they have word of the day, or... Some little mini game, and then they recap some of the things that happen. I'm just like, fuck this episode. <laughs> like this is like I like filler that is basically just like a side story that's separate from the main plot, but still shows you something about the characters. That's fine. I can do that. When you have like a festival episode, I'm like, I don't, I don't want this shit. Man. I waited a week for this. No. Speaking of festivals, though, how have you not played Genshin Impact? I mean, I just haven't had the time recently. So, <laughs> I mean, I all I'm saying is uh, I've been doing so this. Hard. I've been doing this podcast. Yeah. Torture podcast. Um, I'm doing a Building Bridges podcast, which is more political debate. I mean, it's it's fine. Cool. Uh, I like the name already. Yeah. Well, the whole point is to get different aspects and talk about certain things from different. And try to get along, essentially. And so far, we've been doing pretty good. Like I've been on two episodes. Well, that's yeah. And then, um, like tomorrow, I have a one-on-one with a guy, and we're gonna uh, 
have a philosophical debate because we, we already kind of agree we're probably not going to agree with each other, but we're going to have a philosophical discussion on determinism versus free will because he is a hard line like determinist and I'm, I believe in free will. And it's not that I don't agree with the, the idea of determinism, which is basically you're formed by your environment, right? And I agree with that, but I also agree that just because you're formed by your environment doesn't mean you can't make rational decisions on your own. I mean, I think you're both going to have great points, and you're both going to have... Oh, yeah. Well, well, like I said, I already kind of... It's not... Yeah, like I already kind of agree with him on some points. Yeah. But the point is, is where is the line drawn, and how how does this pertain to, you know, current-day society? Yeah. Uh, You know, because I think we were talking about... At the time, we were talking about, like, student loans and student loan forgiveness. And I told him, I was like, it's not... Like, if you file bankruptcy, then I don't think... You know, because the government made it a law where even if you file bankruptcy, you still own your student loans. That's stupid. And I think I a hundred percent agree with you. It's, it's fucking stupid. Like if you're going to file bankruptcy, wipe the slate clean. That's the whole point. So on that aspect, I'm fine with it. But as far as student loans are concerned, like I'm not against student loan forgiveness or whatever. Like I have a heart, you know, conservative at heart on many, many issues. So like I have an issue with spending a lot of money on people's decisions that they don't like. So if I take out a student loan, okay, I went, which I have student loans, okay, took out student loans, talked to the lender, I gave them all my information, they gave me a fucking booklet, two inches thick, and they went into detail on what I owed, how it works, what the, what the percentage was. None of it. Well, I, <laughs> I understood what I was getting into, okay, yeah. which is the point. I understood what I was responsible for, and I agreed to it, and to me, that was a choice I made via free will, and I'm responsible for that decision. I was an adult. I made a decision. It's my responsibility to hold my side of that that agreement, right? Well, his argument was because of determinism, these people had to take out student loans. It's not their fault because of their situation, so they shouldn't be obligated to pay them back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, look, if they want to take, if they, if if you want to file bankruptcy. And allow that, that's fine. Otherwise, you're on the hook for that. That's that's your responsibility. You agreed to that. You you were an adult. You were a rational, consenting adult that that agreed to those terms. So I'm going to hold you responsible to that. And I think that's fair. It's a slippery slope every each way. It, it Funny is. story on the subject of the but, but anyway, yeah. My Something stepdaughter else. came to me today and presented me with a piece of paper that said that they were going to have a debate. Okay. And I'm like, awesome. I love debate. Mm-hmm. Let's get into yeah. this. Yeah. So, yeah. so I delve right in. I'm like, all right, I read it. It's about the American Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. And one side of the debate is that it was a war of freedom. The other side of the debate is that it was a war of treason. Okay. And I said, which side are you taking? She said, freedom. I said, cool. What's your argument? And, you know, she, of course, came out and said, well, the Patriots came together and said that the laws that the king was imposing was unfair. Mm-hmm. The taxes were they were paying double taxes that the that the original, you know, uh, nationalists were playing were paying and all this stuff. And she comes out with all that. And I'm yeah. like, that's impressive. Okay. Cool. I said, but the king sent them there. Right. He financed the boats. Yep. He financed their food and water on the yep. way there. And he did it with the purpose. And they all went there with mm-hmm. the purpose of starting a colony for England. Yep. So it sounds like treason to me. And she was like, uh, 
what? <laughs> I was like, no, you got to do better than yeah. that. Yeah. She was like, well, none of our books say anything about him paying for it. Well, research. Like, so now I've presented you with an argument. Yep. You might have to come back. Yep. Now we're going to yep. do that. You know, I like, mean, you can already. I honestly don't. I'm, I'm with them. I mean, you can argue. Thanks for bringing us you, here, boss. Yeah, but uh, you, you can argue it's <laughs> it's both, really. It really. But was. I mean, it, it really just because both. just because something treason is treasonous doesn't mean it's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, it. That's that's the whole idea, though. Is tre- treason is just acting against your ruler, basically. But if your ruler is a piece of shit, I mean, is it wrong to be treasonous? Well, actually, if the reason for not for giving up, the reason for wanting to separate from from England was the fact that we were paying two sets of taxes. No, it was taxation without representation. I exactly. mean, that's that's the, the ele- that's the elementary. It sounds like right. It sounds like the colonies shouldn't have been tar- charged taxes. Yeah. <laughs> And England should have been supplying those mm-hmm. tax, the the funds they needed, right? Yeah. So I mean, it was all handled pretty yeah. poorly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the time, yeah, yeah. but um, so, I, I mean, it was, I thought it was fun that they no, were have that I think, debate. I think it's cool that they do that because it it leads to critical thinking. Or and just, if she came to me and said, "Well, I'm I'm going for treason," I guarantee you, I'd have hit her with a re- oh, with a, oh, with a rebuttal. Most, most certainly, one hundred percent. That would have been hard to dispute. When I was going to college at um, SLCC, we had an English an English teacher, and um, all we would do is write papers in the class, which I think I guess that's most college Englishes. I don't know. Yeah. But so we wrote like six papers on on like business practices. God damn, that sounds boring. It was terrible. Like, <laughs> like you're you're writing about the same thing. Over and over and over again. But the last one, he was like, all right, we're going to write about marijuana. And you have to pick a side. Are you for it or against it? And um, I picked for it. Uh, and I, they only had like three people that were against it. And I, I don't know if it was their personal beliefs. It was just something they went for. So, so uh, and then we had to write our essays and then read them in class and then debate each other. I fucking I debated both sides like a beast. Like I'll you know mm-hmm. I I debated the four and then I was like all right and like the pe- person I was debating could argue so I was like all right I'm gonna argue your part too so I fucking started slamming and uh and, and I understood both sides of it you know and I and right I, and I generally try to understand both sides of everything because it's just yes. a better way to do things you know it also helps you develop more logical arguments yes. for your own side well, if, it's if critical you try thing. to understand well it's also that. why debate's so important it's why yeah. I do building bridges or whatever because even if I'm wrong well I learn and then when you debate someone you can test your own beliefs and theories out and then amend them appropriately to what you discover I mean it's the whole point of debate um, at least to me anyway so. It's good. Debate, it's good that someone so young is willing to, you know, expand their I, mind. They don't fully it. understand what she they're doing. She came with but. such a strong argument to start. Yeah. And it's like she had her shit together. Yeah. But then when I threw that wrench in there, she, like, got stopped. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, well, you got to figure mm-hmm. this out, okay? Yeah. Well, I mean, the third option is, is it's both, and this is why. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't tell her that. <laughs> no, no. You don't want to hit her with a brick yet, no. you know? That would have been rough. I, I agree, but... But I think that debate, I mean, I, I love that you're doing it. I think that debate is one of the things, open-minded debate, yeah, mind well, you. Yeah, it's good faith, good faith debate. 
You know, like coming together and not because too often, especially recently in the last four years, Trump and and everything else. um, It's been going for a long time. Well, a long time. It's been vehemently worse lately. But my, my point was, is that I'll debate with people who aren't in good faith and they literally just want to hurt you. That's all they're trying to. They're just trying so to be a dick. It's it, and it's not just that, dude. What I've seen caused. I mean, it's by social media, and we can all pin pin up. I well, think no, that, that that there's no, very it's, few it's people true, on the though. planet that that would not put social media on a wall mm-hmm. and call it the devil, right? Yeah, yeah. Social media is fucking evil, and it's 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 good. It's good and bad, but it has so much evil um, about it, and it's because right now, though, in the political landscape. What it's done is it's created these echo chambers mm-hmm. where everybody that feels a certain way about something talks about it. Yep. And then everybody in the group already agrees with them. Yeah. So they it just reinforces. It reinforces. Builds it up. Builds it up. Builds it up. So like, but without another voice, and and if there is another voice, mm-hmm. that voice will be absolutely. Here, trash. So here's here's the funny thing. So like my my personal Facebook page, I hardly ever post anything. I just I'm not a poster, you know. I post more on my podcast page than I do on my my actual page. But if you look at my Facebook feed, my personal Facebook feed, it's half and half political. I oh got, yeah. I got left and right and everyone in between, libertarian, whatever you want to call it, socialist. I got them all. I yeah. got them all. And I did that intentionally. And look, there's some people I most certainly do not agree with on almost everything. And they even aggravate the fuck out of me sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. But I keep them there for that reason. Because I refuse to be in an echo chamber. Yeah. I don't want echo chambers are the worst. Like they're they're literally the worst. So have you heard are you in Lafayette Sucks? I feel like you added me. I don't It's a Facebook group and it's highly political. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. I think it was meant to be a meme. But it turned into this. Talk to me about that. I mean, the Blake Robichaux like started it. Okay, I don't. Somebody, somebody told me. Somebody told me about it. So I mean, and he doesn't even live there anymore. He lives in in Las Vegas actually. Mm -hmm. But uh, I know like this this group Lafayette sucks is so politically charged and so left and like, dude, I'm somewhere in the middle. I am really in the middle. Yeah. I do not. I can't claim left or right. No. Well, and, I mean, I, but I look at all these arguments and I'm like, dude, are are y'all not even trying to see the other side? And whenever I do not. see somebody speak out with just a different opinion. Yeah. They're not thrashing the opinion that's presented. They're not actually saying anything bad, but they'll come out and they'll speak out against or, or just to present a different opinion, people will fucking tear them down. Oh, yeah. People will fucking destroy them. They will talk so much shit mm-hmm. on them until they leave the group or they get kicked from the group. Yep. You know, and I'm like, you people are trash. Mm-hmm. 100%. You're so afraid of a different view. Yeah. I, uh, I had a guy, so like I helped run a sports page on Facebook. It's a sports debate page. We got, I don't know, 5,000 members, something like that. Been been in that group for seven, eight years now. And um, I had a guy I was friends with on there, you know, internet friend, whatever. And we, we'd have political sparring. And um, I don't know, one day 
and I was kind of brutal on him. Like, I don't know what it was, but just the topics, like I kept hammering him about it and he just couldn't make any arguments. Cause I was like, I mean, I was being logical, but like, I wasn't being an asshole. Just like I was winning all of our debates mm-hmm. hands down. Like it wasn't even hard for me anyway. And, um, I, we got on the topic and I, and I told him, I was like, look, you know, cause he made, he made a comment of like, I don't know why I haven't even blocked you yet. Cause like, we just don't understand. And I was like, well, look, so if you want an echo chamber, block me. Like, I'm not here to cater to your feelings. Like, I'm not, like, if you're going to post political shit and you want discourse with it, I'm going to say what I feel about it. Like, this is what we've been doing. This is what I'm going to do. If you don't want to hear someone giving you a different outlook, if you don't want an echo chamber, block me. And he did, too. Huh. And it's someone I considered a friend. And even after all that, I still considered, you know, I, I considered him a friend. And then he blocked me. And I was like, well, obviously, we weren't just good friends enough. Mm-hmm. You know. And that's my whole point. Like, if all you want to do is surround yourself with significance, like, then I don't want anything to do with you because yeah. all you want to do is is people to pat you on the back and tell you you're 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 right. And I, I got Eric, man. You know his views are pretty much oh, opposite I, mine. I know and yours. Yeah, well, like in many ways, shit, we quit talking for a while. I, I pissed them off with Trump in the early years, and then but, my feelings on Trump changed after a while, and then oh, yeah. we started talking again, and it's all fine. Like, but like just the other day, I asked him, "Hey, Eric." I need to know what is the view on shutting down pipelines and blocking permits, or just just tell me about the pipeline. I was like, I need to know. Oh, that's what a, is the that's one hundred percent Native American stuff. Is it the whole the whole? Because nobody could tell okay, me. So the whole problem with with the Keystone pipeline is is that it runs through um either sacred land or ancient, ancient burial lands of native Americans. Okay. And the argument was, is that the U S made an agreement with Canada, but they didn't talk to the native Americans. Like they just kind of ran roughshod over them. Oh yeah. Like we've done our entire, which yeah, we've been a hundred percent unfair to them. Um, yeah. Personally, I think we should have integrated them into America a long time ago and just given them reparations. Yeah. Instead of their own nation, because all we've ever done is give them repeat, the land. repeatedly fuck them over. Yeah. As nations, and we still just treat them like shit. And if you want to make them Americans, give them a leg to stand up on, and then treat them as American citizens, it wouldn't have been an issue anymore. You know, um, while still trying to respect their culture. Um, yeah, it's tough to do. It's that, hard because that's it's, not what they want either. You're right. It's hard, but look, at the end of the day, conquerors decide the terms. That's fair. And I'm not saying we treated them fair. Like, no, they got it wasn't a shitty. It wasn't a conventional war, but both sides were guilty. I, I mean, I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about is like the Native Americans were savage as oh public. yeah. And I'm not talking about savages as in derogatory. I'm talking about they were fucking savages. Yeah. And they did all the terrible things to each other way before we ever came to this continent. And, and then people, they used us to do terrible things yes, to each other. And, and they were mean to us too. Like we don't, I'm not saying we didn't deserve it. I'm not saying we didn't perpetuate it. I'm just saying both sides were at fault. There's no question about it. Like we were all assholes. Hey man, that's such a hard thing to keep people get their head around. It is, but if you read actual history books... And, not and just, research it. Not just in that situation. My kids fight. What? And and I'll come to them and I'll be like, y'all are fighting? And they'll say, yeah. And I'll be like, what's going on? And I'll ask one of them. And one of them will interrupt. I'll say, let her finish talking. Mm-hmm. 
and I'll get their story. I'm like, all right, you're done. What's your story? And they'll tell me their story. I was like, well, sounds like y'all both did wrong. Like, I don't care who started it. Your first initial reaction to that wrong was wrong. Yeah. You're both wrong. Yeah. Yeah, you're both wrong. You both bounced off each other, ping-ponged mm-hmm. until this mm-hmm. became a disaster. Mm-hmm. Whatever, yeah. if you'd have just done the right thing whenever she was a bitch to you. <laughs> you yeah. know? No, it's true, though. Like, well, <laughs> like my kids, um, like, Owen will do something wrong, and Emma, oh, Emma will fucking, like, hit him. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you you don't hit him at all, ever. But he hit me. Okay. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. You come talk to me about right. it. Right. It's my job to discipline, which isn't always like a spanking. It's just this. My job is to discipline, not yours. Right. You don't hit him back. You're never allowed to hit him, and he's right. not allowed to hit you. Right. And if he hits you, you need to come tell me so I can see about it. Right. And so she, you know, she kind of get frustrated with that. I'm like, look, it's, you know, like this is how it works. So yeah. it's just it's just a teaching matter, and it's hard, you know, especially at that age. It's it's kind of rough. Well, I um, think the hardest part is teaching my wife, teaching my ex-wife mm-hmm. these same things, and I'm like, because every time they get into a fight, everybody wants to up jump up and pick sides, mm-hmm. and I'm like, y'all stop! Look, everybody did something wrong. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell yeah, you yeah, right yeah. now, if Usually, these kids anyway. got to the point where people are crying, mm-hmm. or they had to come tell you something, I guarantee you everybody did something wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, so, sure. let's just hear it out, and judge it fairly, mm-hmm. and then take the right actions to, you know, discipline it. But, uh, it's something that I think that just everybody wants to be so biased today. Oh, yeah, well, and like... I told someone this earlier. Me five years ago, completely different. Political yeah. political views, like oh, I was completely different, a hundred percent different. Mm-hmm. Now, like these days, I consider myself a, a, a conservative leaning centrist is the best way I can put it, because a lot of my values lean towards conservative views. Mm-hmm. But I prefer to take every situation as it stands by itself. Analyze it, judge it accordingly, and then make my decision based on that, mm-hmm. which I think is more of the centrist ideal in me. You know, I don't want to choose party. Like, I don't. I think the two party system is stupid. It is at this point, and I. Can't. I mean, my Facebook tells yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, I were to yeah, identify yeah. as anything, it's libertarian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm high on social liberties. I want you to be able to do what you want to do and yeah. be who you want to yeah, be. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I'm also high on me taking yeah. care of my own self. Yeah. I think my, my, my thing, like, my conservative tendencies are just, like, I don't want you to spend a lot of money on shit that you can't prove will work. And, um, yeah. About it. Right. You know. I mean, I have some other, like, I'm, you know, we've had the abortion discussion. I'm pro-life, but it's not like I'm 100% pro-life. You know, I have caveats to that. I, like, I understand. Hey, dude. You know. You can't put that subject in the black no. and white. Oh, no, no, no. You and can't And the more that we try, and look. So it's one of those things everything where that I do, I want to develop a structure. I want to develop a rule base. I want to develop mm-hmm. a system that makes it work. Mm-hmm. That's one that I it's have not gonna. a hard time. Look, as, as much as I don't like abortion, those are one of the few topics where libertarian is probably the way to go. Leave me the fuck alone and let me make my own decision. Yeah. And I think that's fair. 
Do I do I like it? No. But at a certain point, yeah, it starts to get really but, well, demented. Look, like building bridges, we talked about it a little bit on the most recent episode we dropped Tuesday, and um, like I did some research, and like between two thousand and uh, nineteen seventy five and two thousand eighteen, there were sixty million abortions, recorded abortions, recorded abortions. Okay, and uh, I forget the name. Started with a G. Guttenheim. I don't. I don't fucking know. There was an institute that did a study on abortions, and it's used by both sides. So it's 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 legit as far as I can tell. You know, as mm-hmm. far as sources are concerned. And basically, it stated that like nine, like seven percent of all abortions are actually due to medical necessity of either the mother or the child. Or in cases of rape, seven percent, ninety-three percent are other factors. Okay, and yeah. the, and and the main arguments are at least the the few cases that I would be okay with abortion would be rape or significant health issues, right? Right. So the other ninety-three percent is what irks me. Yeah, irresponsibility. Yes, and look, I I get the whole. I've heard all the arguments. I've heard the. Well, you know, foster systems are terrible, or if you're not ready, you can't give your kid the best life. And I'm like, look, you're you're telling me those things, and you're weighing those things against a life to me. And also, it's a big unknown. You're right. Because, yeah, 50% of those people that have that baby may treat them like shit. But another 50% may grow the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And be like, oh, I've got a baby now. And you're willing Let to me get my shit and you're together. willing to terminate a life based on something you don't know, and that's it my is. issue. And, it's a and, very big and, that, and that's my issue. And that's ninety three percent of sixty million is a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot of people. Yeah. It's a lot of babies that got killed for people who don't want to take responsibility. And then all come, and then that comes down to when you determine it's a life. Yeah. Well, that brings it into something that no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. You cannot prove. Yeah. Well, all the debates at the end of the day break down to that one thing. What do you consider a life? Because we can talk about the moral ramifications. We can talk about the foster system. I've had this debate a hundred times over. I've, I've hit every single angle. The one thing it comes down to, what do you consider a life? Yeah. And and at the end of the day, like, it, you cannot prove it. Nope. There is, it is fruitless no. oh, to no. argue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really it, is. It really is. And that's, Take, and that's where you come back to what you, if, like you said, and if the libertarian point of view comes in where it's like, well, what do you feel? It's the most practical. It's the most practical from a government standpoint. It really is. And that's my point. Because like I said, I don't want it. Like in my ideal world, no one gets an abortion. Right. Right. But you also don't feel like you have the right to impose that. I don't. On well, other people. that's not necessarily the case because I believe that society has deemed that we can stop someone from harming someone else. Yeah. So, and, and this is where the whole life thing. So if I consider yeah. something to be a life, I have every right to stop you from, from ending that life. Yeah. And that includes abortions. If abortion is ending a life, as I consider it, then as society stands uh, right now, as our, as our laws stand yeah. right now, you have every single right to stop that. Yeah. We're legally allowed to do that. But you don't have the right to do is tell me what to believe a life is. 
Exactly. Exactly. And and that's fine. That's where and the, that's where the that's divide, where the divide is. But and, and that's and that's what I tell because like on building bridges we talk about like what is bodily, bodily autonomy, and at what point can the government step in? And my argument because I had someone bring it up, I was like my argument is exactly what I just said. The government and society has already said that we can stop someone from murdering someone else. We've already decided that we can throw someone in prison for murdering someone else. Or kill them. Or even trying to. Not even being successful, just trying to. That's, or, or murder them. Yes, or murder them. And that's taking away that person's bodily autonomy. Because you're throwing them in a prison cell against their will, and you're making them do things yeah. that they don't want to do. So we already have that established. Yeah. So it's not that you can't do that. But like you said, it's where a life is, is what's... The disconnect, and I understand that, and I understand, look, I don't want to tell women what to do with their bodies. I don't, at all. Right. This isn't some power trip, this isn't some fucking patriarchy bullshit, this is literally, I don't want to tell you what to do with your body at all. I don't want to tell you how to live your life. Like, I truly believe you should live your life however you want that makes you happy. But if you doing that involves you murdering somebody, that's a problem, and that's Mm -hmm. a problem I'm willing to stop. Or I will be vocal about trying to stop. I get you. And as long as you understand that, or they understand that, then we're on the same page. But look, if you don't consider it a life, I understand. I don't agree. I don't like the fact that you're okay with abortion. But I'm not going to call you a piece of shit. Like, I understand where you're coming from. And I understand what you believe. It's a very difficult it's thing diff- to argue. It's difficult. Cause, so Because you, so, can, you can make an analogy between a... One month old fetus oh, on a fucking tree. Oh, well, and look, I've, you're gonna go out there and cut down that tree. I've heard the arguments. You I've know, heard, what would you choose? Five petri dishes of fertilized eggs or a two year old baby? You know, if you can only save one, which one are you gonna save? I've I've had that argument. Well, look, I consider them all life, but a two year old baby is most obviously the most viable option because it's already alive. It's already made it to that stage, and it has a profoundly increased chance of surviving past that point. Right? Look, man. We could go I all day. We could go all we day. We could go all day. The, the point is... Because you and I are going to agree on more points than oh, disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though you and I have totally opposite <laughs> philosophical <laughs> so, stances. So, I mean, I'm religious. You're not, obviously. I, absolutely. Uh, yeah. But you're evidence-based. And I respect that. Yeah. And I understand where you're coming from. No, and and, and it's not, it's not if you can present yeah, me well, with something, that's I'm totally that's open the to difference. It. You're not okay. There's nothing wrong with being skeptical. Like you should question everything. But there's a difference between questioning everything and being a skeptic. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like right. someone who questions everything just look, show me evidence, I wanna know. And it doesn't even have to be hard evidence. Yes. Yeah. Show me just a philosophical yeah. or logical or, argument or, yeah. that I can agree with. Some and, kind of and not only proof. that I can agree with, look, I will try. Yeah. yeah. I will play it you're, out in my mind. Like you say, you're open-minded. Whereas a true skeptic <laughs> will always seek to deny first until overwhelming evidence succumbs their denial. Right. That's the difference. Right. Um. But it's like with us, it's never been an issue. I don't, you know, I'm not some religious toady. Like I'm not trying to convert you. My wife is absolutely religious. Oh yes, and I am absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Agnostic. I I still love y'all. Like yeah, y'all aren't religious. I still pray for y'all. Like 
it's, you know, I care about y'all, but I understand where y'all coming from, and it's not an issue. You're not the only one in our friends group who's no. agnostic slash atheist slash whatever. No, if anything, you're the minority. Oh, I am most certainly the minority, <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. Like, because none of y'all are dicks about it, you know? No. There's nothing worse than a dick atheist. It's like, okay, if and you don't believe that, And I'm like, stop. They exist. They Just are a majority. You, <laughs> yeah. Stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, it's fine if you don't believe, but why are you going right. to be a dick about it? Right. Like, like, I'm not being a dick to you about it. Like, what's, you know, and I understand there are religious people who are dicks about it, but yeah. I'm not. I've had a guy that, whenever I told them that I was atheist, they, they, they looked at me and was like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you, you know, evil, like, bro. they, and they, you were evil, bro. they want to attack me and I'm like, what the fuck? No. What are you talking about, dude? I don't know. Maybe it's, it's just because I understand where you're coming from. You know, like, if I could slap you in the face with God's dick right now, you would believe, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, sure. But I can't. So, right. you know, you don't, and that's fine. Also, the other side, the other thing is that I grew up, I went to catechism, I went to... Oh, you went through the whole religious, the, the southern religious process. And whenever I was in high school, I fervently took to religion, mm -hmm. to the point where I went to Wednesday... Uh, youth group. Mm -hmm. I went to Sunday school. Oh yeah. yeah, church services, and every morning whenever I woke up, which I would go to bed at nine, I would wake up at five a.m. for school, and I would start with a half an hour Bible study, mm -hmm. in which I would read the Bible, mm -hmm. starting in the beginning, working my way to yep. the back, yep. and I would write a passage on what I read and how it applied to me. Mm -hmm. I would write in a Bible journal, my study journal, you know, and then I do my homework. Before school, yep. because that's how I like to do it. Okay. Because gotcha. I spent all my afternoon reading Drista Oregon books. There you go. And <laughs> wrong with that. I got you. And, and then, you know, I'd go to school. So, like, I am not coming from a world of, like, having never been exposed to you're not You're not ignorant. You were actually balls deep in it, really, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Um, which most Southern people, I mean, this is how we grew up. Like, Catholicism is the, like, I grew up Catholicism. I went to catechism um, yeah. up until I moved to Montana. With the catechism over there, uh, but then I had friends introduce me to more of a, a Christian slash Baptist non-denominational, and that kind of ex explored me, you know. Yeah, I did them both growing a up. Different level. Yeah. In high school, I did the non-denominational, yeah. yeah. and then whenever I fell off of that, I wasn't an agnostic or I wasn't atheist or anything like that. Until one day, I just kind of. Realized that I really didn't believe in anything. Yeah, yeah. which is fine. And then I explored that, yeah. you know? Oh, I've known all kinds, man. Hey, like, it takes a ton of bravery. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. From somebody with that background to look at the world and, and look at everything that's presented to you and, and look at it and, and say, why do I believe? Yeah, yep. And you know what? I don't. Yep. Fill the dead air real quick. I'm going to go to the bathroom and then we're going to continue for a little while. All right. I know it's getting late. But. Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs>
Alright, anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on this on my last episode with my buddy Ricky. Because he, he kind of went through that, that same epiphany. Um, and you know Kiboon. Um, yep. Growing up with him, when Hunter lived with him, like, he was dealing with that at the age of, like, 16. Mm-hmm. And, like, he would lose sleep, like, insomnia, like, toiling over that. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he was in CCD and everything else, too. And, um, it really bothered him, you know? And, I mean, I get it. I understand, like, I understand why. Because that kind of epiphany would could drive almost anyone insane, really, to be honest with you. Especially whenever you're brought up. Oh, being yeah. Being told that it's fact. Yeah. And I think that it's... Look, I'm not sitting here telling my kids that God isn't real. Mm-hmm. I'm also not going to sit here and tell my kids that God is real. Yeah. I'm going to present them with the belief systems and give them the option mm-hmm. to believe. Mm-hmm. But I, whenever you're developing, the human brain is so flexible and so open that I think it's wrong to tell your kids that God is real. Mm-hmm. That God is a fact, that God is a reality, because it is not proven, it is not factual, and you're lying to them, and that's going to be hard. You're you're telling them what you believe. It, it depends. But you're not I, telling I, I, them what is from true. your point of view. I agree. From my point of view, God's factual. I understand. I've had my own experiences that proves existence. <clears throat> okay. And I can't prove them to you because the spiritual can't be quantified in a way that would prove anything to you, right? right? So, from my standpoint, I consider God factual. So, if I teach my kids about God, those are facts. I'm not lying to them. I'm telling them what I understand and know for fact. But I, I get I get what you're saying. But if, if it's it's real, the it's the indoctrination that's an yeah. issue, right? If, if God you is want, real, you want to. You want to give them the chance to be able to discern on their own whether or not God is real and if they want to pursue that on their own yes. without forcing it on them from an early age. Yes. Right? And and by all means, so when they're if 14, that's the choice they yeah, make, yeah, when they're 14, when they're 14 and they decide they want to go to church, go, go to church. Like, you know, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't have... Um, I don't have... You know, I don't have an issue with that. Um, they're just chilling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I get, I get where you're coming from, obviously. Uh, but like I said, it's, it's, it's hard because when you're on the opposite side of the spectrum, and you know God to be fact, and you want your kids to know also. Yeah. And you want to instill those virtues on them. But don't you want them to understand it on their own? I think they will, though. Like, cause, but you're okay, presenting so, them with a world in which Santa Claus exists. I mean, but I mean, eventually they'll learn Santa Claus doesn't exist, and they'll deal with that. And if God's that the next step on that, well, then they'll make their decision when they come to it. Because obviously, I get what you're saying, but think about it. You were raised to believe a certain way. Mm-hmm. And you still 
ended up not doing that. But that was hard. Okay. And how would it not be hard to understand? Like, would it be any easier to be like, I never, I was taught not to believe in God, but now I do. And now I have a family or dad that doesn't. And I got to tell them what I believe. That's still hard on a kid, on a teenager. I think it's much easier to accept than it is to deny. It's probably easier to accept God because there's a certain level of comfort to that. Yes. As opposed to oblivion, which yes. is, is what you believe. And, and I agree with that. But I don't think you should not teach your, your kids that simply because it's harder. I think you should make them aware of it. You should. It just depends. Um, I don't. The thing is, I don't find. I don't have an issue with, with teaching my kids about God, about Jesus, um, giving them the relevant information, going to church with them. But and when they're how old enough, do you feel about presenting them with the alternative? I'd be fine with it when they're old enough to understand. Obviously, mm. I could tell them right now that it doesn't exist, but that's too confusing for a seven-year-old. I mean, my my son doesn't have any clue. Well, He's too young. Fortunately for our kids, it's she. Takes them to church. She tells them how she what she believes yeah. and everything. And if they ask me, for a long time, I was on the same boat. Yeah. And if they would ask me, I would kind of skirt the edges of it. Well, and I didn't want to throw them under, you know, it, into a world of madness. Having kids is also understanding what what they're capable of understanding. Yeah. And what how can they handle it? And if if right now is the time to deal with that. So, because sometimes it's not, and sometimes it's like, okay, we'll do th- we'll deal with this when you're a little bit older, and you can understand better. It came down to when I felt like they were able to communicate mm-hmm. better. Yeah, and that's whenever I said, okay, they can now understand that what I'm saying, what I'm communicating to them, is what I believe mm-hmm. versus what somebody else believes. Yeah. That is not fact. Now that they can understand, it was. Not too long after we told them there's no Santa Claus. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously. <laughs> so, and, and and at that point, I was like, look. Uh, See, and I don't have an issue with that. I, I don't have an issue with the other side of it. Um, But I do think there is some value with them being raised on it also. I don't think it's a complete. Look, look the Ten Commandments are a great way to okay, live life. Well, look, look, okay, <laughs> I'm not a huge, like, the Bible has a lot of wisdom in it. It does. But it has some inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Okay? And we could both agree on that. It also has a lot of ties into other forms of lore. Oh, oh, for sure. Well, I mean, the, the Catholic faith itself has absorbed older pagan religions to, 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 help, them. to, to help integrate people into the one religion, right? Yeah. I know this. Um, so, like, I'm not a huge Bible person, but there, like I said, there's a lot of wisdom in it. There's a lot of kernels of, of truth and knowledge that I think everyone should know. So there are good things. Just like you said, like the Ten Commandments, everything. Well, in your case, you're not going to give a shit about the one God part or the going to church every Sunday. But right. the other eight, you agree with. Like, yeah, don't murder people. Don't steal from people. Don't don't cheat on your wife. Yeah. Like, you know, these are, these are common things that morality should tell you is acceptable. And that's fine. You know. That's what it all comes down to, though. Don't hurt other people. Or be a good person. I mean, both, really. Just, but, but I mean, being a good person yeah. is not don't hurt other people. people. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an extension to that where it's like, hey, if you can, and if it doesn't hurt you, help other people. Oh, definitely. And 
Is that even covered in the Ten Commandments? I think it's more prohibited no, than it is in current. It, it's covered in the Bible. It's covered in the New Testament. Yeah. Um, Jesus coming in is ushering in God's um, flexibility on loving each other mm-hmm. and helping each other. Um, the Old Testament was all fire and brimstone. The the New Testament was more it's so cool, more love. It's a fantasy novel. Pretty much. Well, the Old Testament's a fantasy novel. It's it's funny. David I, and Goliath. Oh, Samson, oh, 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 I mean, oh, like, for sure, for sure. Um, well, I think it's funny because I think I think when people think of God in a, in a Christian sense, they think of an unchanging being, you know, that can't rationalize, can't change their mind. And the New Testament, like, specifically shows that, like, that's just not the case. I mean, it's not that God hates us or wants us to do bad. Um, you know, but there's just some things you, I guess you have to go through. I don't know. Like I, I tell people all the time, like adversity breeds character. Like, and even going back to like the free will versus determinism thing, like the debate I'm going to have tomorrow is going to have nothing to do with religion. I'm not going to bring it up. I don't expect him to bring it up. If we talk about it, that's fine. But like, I'm not going to use, I never use religion as an argument. It's just not, no, it's if you want to lose any kind of debate or if you want to just go off on tangents, like, bring religion up because that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, even my abortion arguments are purely science. Like all my arguments spawn from my understanding of science, you know, and that's how it should be. Yeah. Um, and that's fine because like you said, proving, not proving, if you're debating, you have to work within the laws of logic. I understand all this. Yeah. And that's tough to do sometimes. It is. Um, but just like the free will argument slash the determinism, you know, it, Free will is very important in religion. It's it's the reason that allows for all the terrible to happen. And it's hard for people to grasp that because they want to blame God for it. And in, in a way, yeah, God might be to blame, but only because it's a sacrifice on his part to allow you the autonomy to make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he would just be a puppeteer controlling right. your strengths, you know. And that's why, you know, free will as, as a determined, like, yeah, sure. I, like I said, I agree. Everyone, we're all victims of our environment, but it doesn't mean our decisions aren't ours, you know. Um, so I think psychology right now states that it's somewhere around 50% environment. No, no, I'm sorry. 50% genetics, 30% environment, and about 20% parenting. Mm-hmm. And that was a revelation to me. And it, I mean, obviously, psychology is a theory at this point. We don't really everything about the brain is just kind of up in the air. It is. Uh, Things are constantly changing. But Um, if that has any basis mm -hmm. at all, if that's even close to true, it really opened my eyes to the fact that, hey, wait, 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 I need to step back as a parent. And at some time, some point, just let my kids be themselves. They might be little assholes, well, but and I need to guide them you're still in the, the best way I can. You're still there to guide them, but you have to let mistakes happen. You can't. Yeah. You can't be a hover parent. You know, someone who's always two inches away, always making sure nothing bad happens. Like let you go, let your kids play, let them get dirty. If they get knocked around by the other kid a little bit, let it happen. Uh, you know. Um, like I said, adversity breeds character, and none of us can grow as people without adversity. Right. It's just that simple. 
Like, if our lives were perfect, we would have no reason to live. We'd have nothing to strive for. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. Anyway, that's religion. <laughs> it's probably a good, good closing point. Yeah, I think it's a good closing point. It, it is most certainly late, and we will have plenty of episode time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is probably the longest episode I'll, I'll have. I'm sure we could have kept it going for another three hours, but... Uh, oh, we can, but I still have to drive home. And my wife is waiting on me. You're... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm hoping I can find my power thing when I get home. I don't have to buy a new power pack. Yeah. That'll be... Yay. Oh, well. It'll be okay. Alright, we'll close up for tonight. Thank y'all for listening. Uh is Fixie's Playground. I'm Trevor. It's Chance. Go ahead, Chance. Yeah, there's Chance. It's Chance. <laughs> chance. Chance Bailey. Um, y'all share and like and describe and um, send me messages if y'all are interested in being on the podcast. Describe and subscribe. Describe and subscribe. Exactly. Um, <laughs> shout out to the Joe Blow Horror Show, the nightclub. Uh, Building Bridges podcast. Y'all check those out. I'll have links to them on my Facebook page. Y'all have a good night.